Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. A little bit higher than they were. Roughly. They're, they're, they're basically unchanged in the last 30 days. They have been going up. They've been going down. They've been going up. It's been volatile. All right. We've got, if you look at a graph of the last 30 days, it says there's a sawtooth effect here. And the market has been, on average, moving sideways. And that's really been true for oh, a good 60 days. We've had some dramatic ups, some dramatic lows. Um, but the market has basically moved sideways uh, for the last 60 days. But it's been volatile. And what that often indicates, if you follow charts, and insofar as charts can be relied on in a world where numbers appear to be manipulated, I mean, I don't know what you can tell off of charts if it's true that the powers that be are setting the price of gold or trying to force it down and other the market is trying to force the price up. What is the real price? It's hard to say. And what are the values of charts? If we live in a world where the numbers are manipulated, you know, I mean, what does chart? What do charts tell us? Um, are the trends reliable? Insofar as the charts are reliable, and we see them moving sideways, we see the price moving sideways over the course of the last 60 days, and really, we could probably go. We can almost go back three months for that sideways movement. Um, with volatility, it indicates that a change is on. We're, we may be on the verge of a dramatic change, that the, that the trend, which has been sideways, when it becomes volatile, it will often suddenly go up or suddenly go down, and we'll talk more about that and when we finish with the balance of the of the uh, report, but you know what does it all mean right now? Well, for me, it means that it means more for me. Price of gold goes down. That just means it's easier to buy. It's less expensive to purchase, and you know you buy and you buy and you buy and you keep stacking as best you can against what I believe is a moment when we're going to see. A serious decline in the price of paper assets. And when that moment arrives, whether it comes next week or next year, don't know. When that moment arrives, I believe that the price of the purchasing power, the value of gold, will increase dramatically as the value and purchasing power of paper debt instruments like stocks and bonds and pension funds fall dramatically. But we'll watch and see. Will that happen? I can't give you prophecy. I can only say that's what I think will happen. Let's continue with the balance of the report. Dow Jones is up 180 points today to 18,019. Dow Jones has also been moving sideways. You know, just as gold has been hanging more or less around the $1,200 per ounce range for a month or more, 
Dow Jones has been hanging around the 18,000 mark all right, for the last couple of months. It has some moments when it goes significantly above. It has moments when it falls. It seems below, but it hangs around 18,000. NASDAQ is up 56 points to 4,998. New York Stock Exchange is up 84 points, almost 85, to 11,134. U.S. dollar index is up 0.48 to 95.24, but this is another this is another important point. The dollar index was pushing up against the 100 mark back perhaps a month ago. It has since, it, apparently that was its peak. The dollar grew, was growing more valuable, particularly on international markets. Um, it was growing more valuable as measured on the U.S. dollar index, which is the U.S. dollar teeter-totter. We've got the dollar on one end of the teeter-totter. On the other end, we have six foreign fiat currencies. And we weigh them against each other. The dollar index measures the relationship between those seven currencies. Dollar index on one side, or dollar on one end of the teeter-totter, and the other six currencies on the other end. And when those other six currencies are significantly inflated, the their end of the of the uh, pen the, of the uh, the teeter totter goes down, and the other end where the dollar sits goes up, which means the dollar becomes deflated in a direct relationship between the U.S. dollar and these six foreign currencies. So oh, we've all heard. Japan is trying to inflate the current, their currency. European Union trying to inflate their currency. Well, the net result of this attempt to inflate currencies in foreign countries to stimulate their economy causes inflation. They've had some success. They generate inflation for their currencies. But when they do, because the dollar sits on the other end of this U.S. dollar index teeter-totter, the Foreign currencies are inflated, and then they go down in value, and the dollar goes up. It deflates. And when it does, it's not a good thing for the U.S. economy. Well, it's at least not a good thing for U.S. exports. Because when the dollar becomes more valuable, it becomes our exports become less competitive on foreign markets. They can buy, people can buy products from Europe that are basically identical to products from the United States, but because the European uh, currency, the euro, has been inflated and losing value, they can get better deals out of Europe than they can out of the United States, and therefore Europe tends to be stimulated by inflation, while the U.S. tends to be destimulated, if there is such a word, and pushed deeper into recession and perhaps even toward depression by deflation. European currency is inflated. U.S. currency is deflated. Two ends of the teeter-totter. When one goes into inflation, the other one goes into deflation. We've had deflation on the international level as measured by the U.S. dollar index. It's been, it's been present for most of a year now. And we've seen the dollar increase in purchasing power and value by up to 25% during that year. 
That's bad for exports. It's also bad for borrowing. It means it's more it means that people tend to pay off their debts with more valuable dollars. Now most of this problem has happened on the international level rather than the domestic level. But just the same, we've seen some influence where if you're a debtor, if you're a borrower, you're going to pay off, you're going to have some slight inflation so far, or excuse me, deflation so far in the US economy. And that means less people borrow. And if less people borrow because they have to pay off on more expensive dollars, it means less people are spending. That means that uh, corporate profits are declining. That means corporations will tend to lay off personnel. Huh? If people are laid off, they have less money to spend. We have less money to spend. We have less profits for a corporation. We get caught in this deflationary spiral, which can be extremely dangerous to debtors. And it can be dangerous to businesses and to employment. And it's a hallmark of most economic depressions. So, what's it all mean? It means that the government has a vested interest in reestablishing some measure of inflation in this country. It is by means of inflation that the government expects to stimulate the economy and restore the economy back to some sort of economic health. Now that argument may not be that that argument is certainly what they're trying to do. They know that they can't bring the country back to economic significant restore significant economic activity in a period of deflation. Deflation is contrary to the best interests of all debtors. Who's the biggest debtor in the world? The United States government. We have a lot of incentives where the people in positions of power should be working to cause the U.S. dollar to become increasingly inflated rather than deflated. Um, and I'm going to guess that they will now try to push for more inflation. They let it deflate for most of the last year, at least at the international level. I'm going to guess that the damage done has been sufficient to a point where the Federal Reserve and the United States government will no longer allow the dollar to be deflated and become more valuable and will try to be more active in making the dollar inflate and thereby stimulate the economy and increase exports and allow people to borrow money and pay back the debt with cheaper dollars and hopefully thereby stimulate the economy. In a rational world, that's probably what they should do. But do we live in a rational world? And do we really have people in positions of power in our government? We're going to do what's right for the American people rather than what's best for certain special interests and perhaps long-range plans for things like the New World Order? A lot of people think the answer to those questions is no. So what are we going to do? You know, we've had a difficult couple of years here for gold and precious metals. But we still have to look at fundamentals, not trends, fundamentals, and ask ourselves, in my opinion, the question is, can 
the paper debt instruments like stocks, bonds, pension funds, bank accounts? Can they continue to hold their value or are they headed for some sort of a collapse? We'll talk more about that in just a moment. First, let me just finish by finish the market report by mentioning crude oil. Uh, it's down 48 cents a barrel to $59.15 per barrel, which is not cause for alarm. I mean, oil is going back up. It went down to about $45. It may have dropped, dropped a little below 40 briefly, but $45 was basically the bottom. And it's now back up after being up over 100, fell down to 45, was very scary, difficult for people who were invested in crude oil. It's now back up to $59.15 per barrel. That's a decent recovery for crude oil. All right. And it's, it's evidence that deflation is waning. The forces of deflation are being Reduced. I don't mean that they're stopped necessarily, but again, from my perspective, the government and the Federal Reserve should have powerful incentives to cause the dollar to be inflated rather than deflated, and I'm guessing that we're going to see them act on those incentives, and we're going to see more inflation in the near future rather than more deflation. We'll watch and see if that turns out to be true. If it does turn out to be true, we should definitely see the price of gold and other precious metals, commodities, tangible investments rise while we wait for a problem with the... uh, with the paper debt instruments and the equities markets and so on. Um, Let me talk about Mark Faber. He's the author of the Gloom, Boom, and Doom Report. Here's an article from CNBC. Faber was recently interviewed and said that he believes stocks, the headline is Mark Faber, stocks are about to fall 40% at least. Now, you know, is this a, it's true that he said this, It's almost certainly true that he's right, but it's also true that he doesn't know when, right? He can't tell you if the stocks are going to fall 40% next week or if they're going to fall 40% three years from now. But what he does say is this. Again, he's the editor of the Gloom, Boom, and Doom Report. He believes stocks in the U.S. and in many places around the globe are in a central bank-fueled bubble. And I think he's right. The markets, the market prices are artificially manipulated to stay high in order to encourage people's confidence in their national economy. And it's not just happening here in the United States. It's happening in countries around the world. They're trying to maintain, they're trying to fuel booms in their markets because people tend to look at that as a reliable barometer and indicator of how their economy is doing. If their national markets are doing well, then they say, okay, things are cool. You know, you know, we're doing okay. If the markets go down, people, oh my gosh, the sky is falling. Much of the public's reaction to the markets is irrational. They aren't really that much of an indicator of what the economy is doing. They still are. I understand it's you know they are to some degree an indicator. But if we, if you are inclined to believe 
the idea that market prices are manipulated, then what does that tell us about the economy? It tells us that the price and the markets are set by people who want to maintain some sort of an illusion or they want to exploit the markets for their own benefit. But those manipulated prices, if they are manipulated, those manipulated prices are not the free market. They're not telling us. If the prices are manipulated in our, in our precious metals, in our equities, and so on, if they're manipulated and artificially influenced, they're not giving us an accurate indication of what's happening in our economy. I use an analogy all the time that uh, I use it on a regular basis. When they manipulate the market, it's like walking into someone's home and holding a match under the thermometer that's associated with the thermostat uh, in your home. And it might be freezing. Your home might be freezing, but as long as they hold a match under the thermometer, they can say, oh, look, it's very comfortable. 60 degrees, 70 degrees, 80 degrees. You can sit around and put on your Bermuda shorts, you know, kick back, get your sandals. When the temperature, in fact, is 20 degrees, but because the thermometer is being artificially stimulated and manipulated, we People are saying, oh, my gosh, it's warm out. We're okay. It's warm. It's 80 degrees in this house. And it's just not true. Well, the markets are like that thermometer. And if you accept the idea that they're being manipulated, then the, then the temperature that we get from our thermometer, like the Dow Jones, for example, or the New York Stock Exchange, the temperatures we're reading don't tell us the temperatures we read on our thermometer, they're not really telling us what's, what, what, the, what, the, uh, what the actual temperature in our home or in our economy really is. We're being misled being, and deceived. And if that's the case, then you have to start looking and say, why do I invest in this, that, or the other? How do I make my investment choices? It can't be based on trends. It has to be based on fundamentals, and we have to operate, or at least I do, on the assumption that sooner or later the truth will out, and when it does, those who have been able to find that truth and invest accordingly are going to prosper dramatically, and those who haven't found it, you know, they're in for a problem. Let's take a break for some commercial announcements. I'm Alfred Addisk, and we'll be back on Financial Survival in just a moment. Please stay tuned. condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. 
Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. I'm Alfred Addisk, and this is Financial Survival, brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver, 1-800-375-4188. For all your gold and silver coin needs, give Melody a call, 1-800-375-4188. We're talking about, in parts, talking about an article where Mark Faber, uh, the author of Gloom, Boom, and Doom Report, He's predicting that stocks are due for a 40% fall, uh, reported by CNBC. And I want to finish up with that a little bit. He says, for the past two years, I've been thinking that U.S. stocks are due for a correction. But I always say a bubble is a bubble. And if there's no correction, the market will go up, and one day it will go down big time. And what he's communicating here is this idea. It's hard to know. It's, there's not much doubt that the markets are being supported by a bubble, artificial stimulation. The government has injected, and the Federal Reserve has injected, a certain amount of fiat currency into the economy. They've tried to inflate prices, at least in the markets, and they've had some success at doing it. They've held the markets up. Dow Jones, for example, at 18,000 or thereabouts for a while. Faber believes this is a bubble, meaning the price is artificially sustained. And when he says 
I always say a bubble is a bubble. Well, he's belaboring the obvious. Of course it is. But if it is a bubble, it's going to pop. And while it might take years to inflate a bubble, when the bubble pops, it deflates almost instantly. And that's what he's, that's what he's talking about here. He says, one day the markets will go down big time. When it comes, the market will be 30% or 40% minimum. Uh, and he means the fall in the market. That quote is not uh, what I'm reading is the text that's in the paper. But he, he was meaning when it comes, the market fall will be 30 to 40% minimum, could be more. He's not the first person to suggest that kind of fall is possible. <clears throat> and the point I'm making here is I'm just so look, we've had a difficult number of years, three, four years in the gold markets, that's true. But this has been a correlative of artificial stimulation for the paper markets, in my opinion. And if it's true that the stimulation, if Faber is right, that the stimulation in the paper markets will necessarily end with a bubble that goes pop. All right, if that's what's going to happen here, then... It's not unreasonable to sit back and say, where do I want my money? Where do I want to invest my wealth at this time? There's a, uh, you know, gold is, uh, for inflation-adjusted price of gold is near an all-time low right now. And historically, uh, people understand fundamental principle of investing is you buy low and you sell high. And if gold is at, a, at or near an all-time low when it's adjusted for inflation, it tells us now is the time to get some gold. And the problem with this is, why, is that while we can sit back and say this on a rational basis, well, buy low and sell high, everybody gets it. There's not one person in the audience that doesn't understand that if you want to buy a product or you want to buy an investment, the object is to buy low, pay $100 for it at a low price, because you know that the price is going to go to $200, and you can make a $100 profit. You buy low, you sell high. It's obvious, but the problem is it's not simply rational. It's counterintuitive. Everyone sits back and says, oh, my gosh, the price is falling. The price is going down. I don't want to buy now. I'm going to wait till what? Till it's high? And I can have confidence in, in, in buying. I will derive my confidence from the trend. You see? And when the trend is reestablished, we're in a bull market, then I'll buy. Well, the maximum profit is obtained by those who anticipate the bull market and buy when the market is low, and most people say you're crazy to buy. That's the time to buy. And it's counterintuitive because we don't want to. It seems risky. It seems, oh, my gosh, I don't want No, Everybody says you're crazy. No, that's the time. That's the time. I think it was Baron Rothschild who said the time to buy is when the blood is running in the streets, talking about stocks. When everybody thinks the world is coming to an end, that's the time to get in there and buy those stocks or whatever other investment you're interested in. 
All right, you wait for maximum difficulty, and that's when you get the best deals. And then when things smooth out and they get better, you make extraordinary profits. It's just hard to do that because it takes real courage to allow yourself to be, be persuaded by your own reason rather than the trend. You look out and say, look, the price is down. That proves that it's not a good investment. No, that proves it's a great investment. But everybody else says it's a bad investment. Well, the point is if you want to get, if you want to get what everybody else gets, then you do what everyone else does. And the people that profit are the ones when the whole world says this is a bad investment. Huh? That's the time you need to think about it. Now, sometimes the world is right. Sometimes they say, huh, it's like Enron stock or something. There comes a point where the whole world says, this is stupid, don't invest in this anymore, and they're right. But there's also times when you look at investments from a fundamental perspective and you sit back and say, wait, everybody else says this is no good at this time. This is not, a, this is not attractive at this moment. Now you have a choice. If you look at the fundamentals and you agree, but wait a second, I think this is undervalued. I think this is going to go much higher. That's the time you step away from the crowd and you do what the crowd is not doing. The whole idea of contrarian investing means you've got to think for yourself. And you've got to look particularly on one of the great signs. If the whole world says a particular item is a great investment, now is probably the time to bail out. If the whole world says a particular item is now a bad investment, that's probably the time to buy in. And if you do, you'll be acting almost entirely based on your own judgment. You will be defying the trend. To buy low and sell high means you have to have sufficient intelligence and knowledge and courage to do what virtually everyone else is not doing. Well, at the moment, I think gold falls into that buy low situation. Uh, Mr. Faber, he says at one point, he says, I'm not interested in momentum. I'm interested to buy value. What he means by that? Momentum he means the trend. I'm not interested if it's a bull market. I'm not interested in if it's a bear market. I'm interested in buying value. I'm looking at individual stock and stock investments. I'm looking at bonds. I'm looking at gold and silver and different whatever commodities. I'm looking at all of it and I'm saying, what is low right now? Where do I get my best value? I don't care about the trend. I don't care it's going up, going down, sideways. I don't care. Where do I get my best value? He understands. You can't run with the trend. You know, a lot of people, and we've said it on the program ourselves, that the trend is your friend. And that's not always true. The trend can also be your deceiver. If you're going to run with the trend you are betting your investment future on what everyone else is doing. If you want to make a profit, you're going to have to think for yourself and recognize that when everyone else is going left, it's the time to go right. When everyone else goes right, it's the time to go left. It is or it's nearly. You know, Timing is difficult to do, but nevertheless, 
you can you can guesstimate where the market is going by looking where most people think it's going. The trend can be your friend, but sometimes it can be a deceptive friend. And if you're going to make investments, you have to keep your eyes peeled. You have to look out and say, wait, wait, what is happening right now? What's happening right now? Where do I want to be? In any case, um, Mr. You know, Mr. Faber, he agrees with the idea, with the general idea that that, that I talk about on this program in general perspective. Um, paper markets are going to take a significant fall at some point in the future. And the unfortunate reality is that no one can point to the moment when that's going to happen or even the quarter when it's going to happen. We have people that are saying, oh, it's September. It's September. Eh, maybe. I won't say it's not going to happen, but nobody really knows, and there's the problem. And again, if you want to buy low, sell high, you're going to have to think for yourself. If you're going to buy low, you're going to buy at a time when the herd is saying sell, sell, sell. If you're going to sell high, you're going to buy, you're going to sell at a time when the herd is saying buy, buy, buy. That's when you sell. That's when you make that profit. And it's, you know, it's not just a function of intelligence. It's not just a function of knowledge. It's a function of courage and independence and a willingness to stand on your own two feet. So, having said that, let's move on. Here's prosecutor, something from the Washington Times. Prosecutor rules Freddie Gray's death a homicide. Six officers charged in death. Baltimore State's Attorney Marilyn Mosby announced Friday that Freddie Gray's death has been ruled a homicide. Marilyn Mosby, again, Baltimore State's Attorney, announced criminal charges against all six officers suspended after Freddie Gray suffered a fatal spinal injury while in police custody. Um, six officers have been slapped with multiple charges, including manslaughter and misconduct. And seemingly oddly to me, well, the driver of the truck, of the police wagon inside which Mr. Gray suffered his mortal injury, was also charged with second-degree murder. Now, that strikes me as I, I, I don't understand that at all. Implication is that five of the officers, or five or at least some of the officers, were charged with manslaughter. But only the driver was charged with the more serious offense of second-degree murder. And I don't understand how the driver, unless it happened when the, when the vehicle was stopped, how did the driver get away from the seat in order to kick, punch, do whatever to Freddie Gray? I mean, the one guy who shouldn't have been able to strike Freddie Gray should have been the driver, and yet we have, he's been charged with second-degree murder. Ms. Mobley, the prosecutor again, has said no one is above the law. That is a bunch of crapola. There's lots of politicians that are above the law. Nevertheless, in this particular instance, it looks like the police are going to pay a price on this. She was also quick, quick to note the charges were not an indictment of the entire force. At some point while he was in custody, Mr. Gray suffered a mysterious spinal injury and died a week later. Ms. Mobley said the officers failed to get Gray medical help, even though he requested it repeatedly after he was arrested on April 12th. 
Ms. Mobley also determined that Gray's arrest by the Baltimore police was unwarranted. All right? And there's, there's truth in that. It's, it's true that Gray requested medical help. They didn't give it. They didn't provide it. That's going to cost the city of Baltimore a bunch of dollars. All right. Whoever Gray's relatives are, parents, family, whatever, they're about to read. They're, they're going to be able to retire probably about 18 months, two years from now by the time they get fooling. And maybe not even that long. There might be a settlement reached much more quickly, <clears throat> much, much sooner. Um, was Gray's arrest justified? No, it wasn't. It was unwarranted, just as they say. They're right about that. Uh, <clears throat> all Gray reportedly did, and Gray had been arrested nearly 20 times. And I've seen his arrest record, or at least I've seen one source on the Internet that Liz gives a list of the crimes that Gray has been arrested for. And somewhere in the neighborhood of 20, I didn't count them. I'd heard he'd, 20 arrests. he'd been arrested 20 times or thereabouts. But I scanned the list, and virtually all of the arrests were for petty offenses. All right. Most of them were for drug dealing or drug possession, which is evidence that Mr. Gray was not all that smart. Huh? I mean, if you're going to be arrested 20 times for drug dealing and or drug possession, <clears throat> I didn't notice. It might be there, but I didn't notice. He's not been arrested for murder. He's not been arrested for rape or armed robbery. He's pretty much just a petty drug dealer who's been dumb enough to get caught something like 20 times. Now, all by itself, it means the cops know him. They say, oh, there's Freddie. You can bet he's got some drugs on him. Let's, let, I, we got to get somebody. We got to throw somebody in the slammer today. Let's get Freddie. You know, you can count on Freddie's always got some crack hidden on him someplace. We'll find it. Let's find him. We throw him in the slammer, fill out the paperwork, and it's Miller time. You know, get down, get out of here, and uh, blah, blah, blah. Freddie was an easy mark for the cops, and therefore, and he had to know it in his own way, and the cops presumably knew it. And according to reports in the New York Times in the last couple of days, they said that Freddie Gray merely made eye contact with the cops. And then he took off running. Well, if I'd been arrested 20 times for anything, I would know that the cops are going to bust me every chance they can because I'm easy game. I, they can fill in their arrest quota and they're say, well, we threw Freddie in the slammer again. I'd probably take off running too. I'm not here to justify Freddie. I'm not. I'm just saying. Look, this was his arrest was unwarranted. All he did is look at the cops and take off running. And the cops said, "Okay, Freddie's up to something. Let's get him." It has to take more than that to justify an arrest. You've got to see someone commit an actual crime, not just run. Huh? In the final, and certainly, it doesn't warrant what's happened. The man's dead because he made eye contact. The whole thing is a farce. The arrest was unwarranted. He wasn't cared for properly. I'm not here to justify. He was a hard, he was a, you know, habitual criminal, but small time. Let's take a break. We'll talk more about race when we return after some commercials. We'll be back on financial survival in just a moment. Please stay tuned.
ancient Greeks thought thyme herb provided strength. Indeed, the chemical compounds of thyme contain antioxidants, an effective germicide that kills whooping cough bacteria and makes breathing easier. Just imagine what you can do with thyme herb when it comes to respiratory ailments like croup, pneumonia, asthma, and sinusitis. The extra benefit of thyme herb is that it soothes the nerves and stops spasmodic coughing, so you can get some rest. Who says you don't have time to take care of yourself? Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free for thyme tincture and tea to soothe your cough and get some rest. 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International 704-875-8010 or online at thepowerherbs.com. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. As everyone knows, the death of Freddie Gray in Baltimore has precipitated riots in Baltimore. I've seen reports that up to 100 police officers have been injured. Blacks are angry that Freddie died in the uh, in police custody. The question of police abuse of blacks um, is... You know, much in the news, everybody's riveted by that. It's not just blacks, in my opinion. The police in this country, we have gone too far into a police state. I'm not here as a liberal to defend blacks, per se, but I am here to say the cops have gone too far. And it's not a surprise that we see the black community reacting. Now, but... Did the reaction and the riots, did they really stem just from the death of Freddie Gray? You know, it's like saying Freddie Gray is the primer in a in a 9mm bullet. Did the bullet fly out of the gun and hit somebody 100 yards away because the primer went off? Or did it happen because the primer went off into the shell casing, which was holding already holding a bunch of gunpowder? What's responsible for that 9mm bullet flying through the barrel and hitting somebody and killing them? Is it the primer or is it the gunpowder? And the answer is both. It's not just one or the other. But the primary force of that bullet is from the gunpowder, not the primer. 
Freddie Gray has been the primer, but was Freddie Gray's death really the gunpowder that makes the bullet fly down the barrel of the gun? And my, and my belief is that the answer is no. And to illustrate what I'm talking about, here's a headline from the Associated Press. And it says, uh, Jeb Bush, give 11 million immigrants a chance to stay. Now, Jeb Bush, of course, is the governor of Florida, brother of George W. Bush, <clears throat> and son of George Bush Sr., who have both been presidents of the United States. And Jeb is being touted as a uh, certainly a contender for the Republican nomination for the presidency in 2016. He's actually former Florida governor. But former, former Florida governor Jeb Bush declared Wednesday that 11 million immigrants in the country illegally should have an opportunity to stay, waiting yet again to in, into his party's contentious immigrant debate. All right. When we look to causes... For the riots in Baltimore by blacks. This is one of the causes. It's not just Freddie, Freddie Gray died. It's we've, we have a government that is, has allowed millions of illegal immigrants to enter this country. They won't protect our own borders. And as a result, where are these immigrants going to go? Whose jobs are they going to take? And the answer is the illegal aliens coming in are taking jobs that would otherwise have gone to blacks. And insofar as our government allows the illegal, illegal aliens, illegal aliens, the government would rather have people commit crimes that are Hispanic and then provide jobs for the black people in our, in our, in our country. Insofar as government allows the illegal aliens to enter into this country and allows illegal aliens to take jobs that would otherwise go to blacks, the government is raising the rate of unemployment among blacks. They're raising the rate of poverty among blacks. They're raising the rate of desperation among blacks. And when somebody like Freddie Gray dies, We've got all that gunpowder. It's already laying around here, just waiting to explode. Uh, what else? We've got another headline down here. Let's see the next one. The Great Black Hope. Uh, this is from the Washington Times. Race relations deteriorate on Obama's watch. This is the headline. Um, the, the headline, let me read it. The Great Black Hope. Uh, race relations deteriorate on Obama's watch. All right? This is in the Washington Times. A new poll that shows that nearly half of Americans believe race relations, relations, relations have worsened over the course of Barack Obama's presidency. 39% believe relations between blacks and whites have worsened, worsened since Mr. Obama took office. 15% say race relations have improved, and 45% say they've stayed the same. 45% of whites and 26% of blacks think they have worsened. Now, here's my point. Here we have Obama, who is black, all right, or at least apparently so. Um, he was certainly a, a, elected as a black man. That was the presumption. What he is, I don't know. I don't honestly know whether he's black, white, Muslim, Christian. The man is something of a mystery to a lot of people, certainly to me. Uh, 
But one thing I've observed, we, we you all saw the reports oh, a few years ago. Let's see, it would probably be, I don't remember which election, but at least at least the last election, maybe the one before that. I think it's been at least three years ago. Obama and his attorney general, Eric Holder, did nothing when members of the Black Panthers prevented white people from voting. And I don't remember if it was in Florida or Georgia or someplace. I don't recall clearly. They did just sat on their hands and said, no problem. You know, if white people prevented blacks from voting, they would have been screaming that these white people had to be arrested and prosecuted. But when black people, black panthers, they prevented whites from voting, there was no, there was no governmental reaction. No problem. That's okay. This was evidence of racism in favor of blacks by President Obama and by Eric Holder, the Attorney General, who's also black. Right? And everybody understood this. Everybody sat back and they said, oh, these are racist black, racist black man in the pres- presidency, racist black man in the Attorney General's office. But... We also see that under Obama's watch, he wants to protect the illegal aliens. He wants to reduce, and he has succeeded in reducing the rate of deportation of illegal aliens. And in doing so, he has helped to decimate the black community. We have a black man in the presidency, or ostensibly black, who should be sensitive to these issues, who's simply saying, screw the blacks. He wants more Mexicans in this country. I don't know how to figure that. I mean, that is so, that is so strange to me. I, I, I would expect that Obama should be sensitive to the racial implications of allowing more Mexicans into this country illegally who will take jobs that would otherwise have gone to blacks. How does a black president justify that? I don't know. But what I'm saying is this is part of the rationale behind black frustration in Baltimore and other cities. And I'm not here to justify what blacks are doing, but I am here to say, look, we're going to have to look at causes. And I'm not here to say that blacks are innocent in this situation. We're going to run out of time on this program before we probably get to black complicity, all right, to the extent that I might like to express this. But I'm still getting down to this fundamental idea. Government has created circumstances where, look, if I was black, I'd be rioting too. I would also understand this. And they are contributing to these riots. It's not just Freddie Gray. It's not just some guy who gets beat up by the cops. We are looking at the result of forces that have been set in motion by our government, and these forces are doing great harm to the people, to the economy. Right? And I have, it's very difficult to justify. The only rationale rationale for allowing the illegal aliens into this country is they're not, you know, they're not bringing jobs with them. 
Where are they going to work? What are they going to have? We already have a high rate of unemployment, and they're allowing more illegal aliens to come into this country. What can that mean other than higher rates of crime, more drug dealing, more whatever? People try to survive doing anything they can. We don't have enough jobs for the people that belong here. Why are we allowing more people to come in? We're going to try to take jobs from the people who belong here. And the answer, in my opinion, is because the government wants the new world order. The government wants the North American Union. The government wants so many Mexicans in this country that they, we, we will no longer be able to draw a line between the United States of America and the nation of Mexico. And by doing that, by flooding the country with enough Mexicans, they help to create the North American Union. We won't be able to separate Mexico from the United States. And the result will be hmm, perhaps good for multinational corporations and good for the new world order, but it's going to be terrible for the American people. And the government is willing to do that, even if it means that blacks are going to be driven to a point where they're rioting burning poor parts of cities to the ground. Why? <laughs> so they can create a North American Union. That's what I think is going to happen here. <clears throat> Here's another article from Yahoo News, and this is after Baltimore. What hope for change? Well, in fact, uh, we're out of time, so I'm not going to be able to get into this deeper. Now we may get on to it on Monday. I want to thank all of you for listening to the program. We'll talk more about race on Monday. Have a good weekend. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, and Frank, the producer. Bye-bye. I work all night. I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. Ain't it sad? Still, there never seems to be a single penny left for me. have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family.
Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. 
Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $140. $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
All right, good afternoon, all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steffen. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. And yes, it is May 1st, 2015. It is Friday. And hey, May 1st, you know what that is, don't you? It's May Day. That's right, the communist holiday. Hey, are the schools closed? Is the post office closed? It ought to be. This should be a national holiday here in the United States, as we are absolutely occupied by the communist revolutionaries. We've got one in the White House. We've got Congresses full of them. Man, oh man, oh man. Anyway... So that's when it is, and it's about oh, 208 and a half out here in the Pacific Time Coast. If uh, that's when it is where you're at, you can, in fact, participate in the show. You can call in. Uh, well, hey, hey, here's something, uh, 855-566-3738. Now, those of you listening out there know that uh, we changed the 800 number just recently. Well, and I'm sad to say, it is looking more and more like it's going to have to be changed one more time. It's not definite yet, but it's looking that way, because uh, while they'll tell you that, oh, you can port your number, oh, yeah, you can, uh, but if the company wants to give you a hard time and not do it, they won't do it. Okay, they'll jerk you around and, uh, you know, make you do things like fill in this in a form where there's no place for that information on the form. Okay, you see what I'm saying? You know, if there's they tell you to, okay, you need Well, we can't possibly do this for you unless you fill in this part of the form. But there is no that part of the form. Do you you see the problem there? Yeah. Well, you're not going to get a lot done trying to fill in things in places and forms that don't exist. But this is the kind of stuff that they'll do because, hey, after all, companies don't want to lose people. And they, uh, you know, they won't, uh, even though they have to, they won't. They'll find ways not to to punish the bad customer for wanting to go to a different company because, well, uh, your company sucks. Yeah. Yeah, this was a company that used to be in Oklahoma, and they were pretty good. And then they moved to California and turned to crap. Gee, it's funny how that happens. You get into California and poof, you turn to crap. I wonder why. Oh, I know why. You're hiring Californians instead of Oklahomans. That's why. Anyway, I'm not going to go on a California rant just uh, just right now because, uh, look, you know, either either you don't know about California or you don't like California. Because if you do know about California, you don't like California. There is nothing to like about California or Californians for that matter. Because, well, the Californians are the ones that turned California into the cesspool that it is. You know, and and, and it's only been, well, like 1960, California was pretty much paradise. Oh, yeah, man, people wanted to come from all over the country to live in California. There were jobs. 
It was nice weather. It was it was great. It was it was paradise, really. And in just ooh, 50 years, they've destroyed it. Absolutely 100% destroyed it. And it's not even been 50 years. Because I know people who grew up down in California who tell me about how nice it was and this and that and the other thing. And that was only in the 70s and 80s. I was down there in the late 80s and it wasn't so good, okay? <laughs> I didn't like it so much. It wasn't so good. You know, and, and hey, you know what? When I don't like it, when I can see it's not so good, there's something really wrong. I came from New Jersey, okay? So when you come from New Jersey and you go somewhere else and go, wow, this place is messed up, uh, I'm here to tell you, your place is really messed up because New Jersey, <laughs> boy, oh boy, you want to talk about messed up, that place is messed up too. But gee, not as much as California, which is really something. So congratulations. But anyway, let's get on to something else. Now, I don't usually get this, okay? I mean, I, I, I'm, you know, we don't have our, we don't have foreign correspondents or insiders or anything like that, right? But every once in a while, because I do encourage people to contact me with stories that they run into in their own personal lives so I can report it to everybody else. And usually it's a localized thing to where, you know, this is going on in somebody's town. You know, people have called in with their specifics about, hey, this is what's going on with uh, my child's school and our personal fight with them in my area. You know, I, we get calls like that, and I get uh, instant messages and emails about things. Now, here's something, and this is not, okay, this doesn't just affect anybody local. This is really affecting the whole country. Uh, Tyson Chicken. Okay? Tyson Chicken. Now, you might think, well, yeah, okay, yeah, Arkansas, blah, blah, blah. Okay, Arkansas, yeah. But they have plants all over. And this is one about one in Missouri. Now, I'm going to try to keep this you know, generalized as far as uh, not to give away, you know, you know anybody's identity. Uh, but it's uh, Noel, Missouri is where this Tyson plant is at. Did you know that the United States government pays half of their salaries uh, and their salaries up ahead here is Somali workers, okay? People who have been shipped here from Somalia. Now, you know, okay, you know they didn't walk across the border from Somalia. And you also know that Somalia is one of the poorest places on the planet, so they probably didn't uh, buy tickets on a 747 to come to the United States on vacation and then just overstay their visa, all right? These people were shipped to this country by your government to take your jobs. And why wouldn't a company go for this deal? The U.S. government pays half of their salaries and Tyson pays the rest. Well, but that's not all, folks. Because, you know, they say that, oh, we got to do this because Americans don't want these jobs at Tyson. 
Well, for $10 an hour, no. Americans cannot go and, you know, support a family on $10 an hour working in some nasty chicken plant. You know, $10 an hour is is what you pay a teenager who's working part-time in high school, not a full-time worker. However, you think, well, gosh, these Somalians, they're working for it. How come? Oh, how come? Well, how come is this? You know, if the government really wanted to say, well, okay, look, man, we got to subsidize the poor and we got to subsidize the corporations and we got to subsidize everybody uh, except the American people. That's what they're doing now because they could they could do this plan for Americans, but they don't. They only do it for foreigners. What they're doing is they're paying half these people's salaries, meaning Tyson only has to pay $5 an hour for these people. But then you figure, well, okay, it's still $10 an hour. They still live in this area. How are they going to get houses and stuff? Well, how? Their housing in the area is 100% paid by the government. That's right. They get their free housing paid. And they also get food stamps with no strings attached. Okay, so look. You're going to give me a job for $10 an hour, and I don't have any rent, and I get food stamps. You know what? That $10 an hour now is not so bad. Under those conditions, you could support a family, now couldn't you? But let me ask you something. Okay, why is this okay for the government to kick in all this free this and free that, and Tyson gets off scot-free here with $5 an hour slave wages? What if Tyson just paid 20 bucks an hour... And you had to buy your own food and find your own place to live. I bet you lots of Americans would be trying to get jobs for 20 bucks an hour. Of course, Tyson would have to pay for that. But you see, the government wouldn't have to be paying for that. The money's coming from somewhere, folks. So why is it, you know, why is it okay for the government to shell out all this money, but not Tyson? When Tyson's really the one profiting from it all. But that ain't all, folks. Okay? That ain't all. Now, this is inside information, folks, coming up here. And, uh, you know, just keep it in mind when you're out buying chicken, you might want to look for a different company rather than Tyson. Not that there aren't other companies doing it, but I don't have any inside information about other companies doing it. Just Tyson and to be fair, just in this one plant in Noel, Missouri. All right? So I don't know if they're doing it everywhere. They probably are. And I don't also know that this isn't standard practice throughout every chicken factory plant. But it's disturbing because, uh, let's see, uh, the bosses meaning the bosses who boss the supervisors. Not the supervisors, but the bosses that control the supervisors. And at the highest levels of this plant, force the supervisors to change the date labels on stock that has sat there too long. 
to make it look like it's more fresh. Now, wait a minute, folks. Okay, what I read to you before is government policy. And you might disagree with it and think it ain't fair, but okay, it ain't illegal. You know, I mean, here they are, you know, shipping in Somalis, paying half their thing, giving them free houses and free food stamps and uh, and a job. Your job, subsidizing Tyson, a company that certainly doesn't need any subsidizing. You might think that's wrong, but okay, it, it's probably not a crime. But this is a crime, and this is also a public health hazard. And we wonder why? Golly, why does the chicken populations have a problem? Well, if this is how they're running their business, it's no wonder they've got a problem. Let me get this, let me put this to you again. The bosses at this plant are forcing their supervisors to change the date labels on stock that has sat there too long to make it look more fresh. Now, what does that mean? Am I saying that they're putting okay stamps on rotten fit on rotten chicken no not necessarily not rotten at the plant yet but you see folks if they say okay let's just say and i don't know that this is true i'm just you know throwing numbers out here for an example but let's say it's determined that okay look uh you got to eat chicken or you got to sell chicken 30 days at least 30 days from when it was uh you know the chicken was killed. Okay, so the chicken gets killed. They put the date on the stuff there, and then it goes through the process of uh, getting wrapped up, and it goes to the trucks, and it gets distributed, and blah, 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 and then it eventually gets on your shelf. And, you know, it might take a week, maybe two weeks, but you still got two weeks to sell it, right? Okay, but let's just say at the plant, they decide, well, this is sat here for two weeks already. Let's put a new sticker on it. So, okay, it's still good, but then two weeks later, hey, guess what? If you don't buy that chicken right away, you're going to be buying chicken that's out of date. That the federal government says is is too long to be sold. It's not healthy anymore. It's not safe. And <laughs> And hey, if the USDA says it ain't safe, well, you know, you know it's probably not safe in half that time. But the fact of the matter is, this is what they're doing. And how are they doing it, folks? Where's the little white guy in the little white hat and the little white coat and uh, the clipboard saying, oh, wait a minute, you can't do that. Where's the USDA inspectors, huh? Now... Workers at this plant can all uh, can buy all their chicken from the plant, and uh, the plant will sell it to the workers cheaper than you know than you can get it at Walmart even you know, and uh, you know <laughs> they all know about this, so they they make sure hey which chicken is good to eat and which isn't, and what crap can be sent out to everybody else. You know, and somebody in the chat room says, I eat chicken that's on the edge all the time. Just cook a lot, cook it, you know, really good. And you know what? There's something to be said for that. You know, I cook chicken that's, uh, you know, the, the, the date on the package is you got to sell it by then. You know, you've got at least another week usually, you know, to get to get cooking it. But then again, you know what, folks? I have gotten chicken 
that I haven't eaten because I let it sit in, in the refrigerator and it was still right at the, uh, like a day before they were supposed to sell it by. And when I opened up the package, it smelled rotten. Now, I know, yeah, I could have took it back to the store, but I live way out, and, and, and it, you know, it's a big hassle for me. And what am I going to do? I'm going to get another thing of chicken. Now that chicken has cost me how much money? Driving back and forth to town, you know, and all that. You know, I just soaked it in vinegar and cooked it really long time, and then I fed it to the uh, animals. But that's something else you can do, folks. You can soak your, uh, and this goes for, you know, beef or chicken, because like I say, you know, I, <laughs> uh, do I really think that this is only happening at this one place in uh, Missouri? Oh, I don't think so. I bet this is standard operating policy at at least every Tyson plant in the country. And it may be other chicken places, too, because I don't buy Tyson, and I like I said, I got that, you know, not-so-good chicken. At least it didn't smell good. Maybe it was good. Maybe it's just something. Who knows? But if something smells rotten, I'm not eating it. But you can soak your stuff in vinegar, folks. You know, and I would use, you know, the uh, apple cider vinegar. You know, raw, non-pasteurized. Because really, folks, the distilled vinegar is only good for one thing, and that's cleaning. It's a great cleaner, okay, <laughs> you know, and a disinfectant. But I, I wouldn't ingest that, okay? It's not really good for that, you know. So there's that. But anyway, so there's some inside information from, uh, you know, that I don't think is going around in the news uh, that you probably won't hear about. And, you know, I don't know what you can do about it exactly, folks, except to maybe... Uh, you know, like with everything, do the best you can to try to buy local stuff if you can buy local stuff, or at least regional stuff, stuff or at least from your state or in your area. Uh, I, I don't know what else to do other than raise your own. I mean, that's really the only time you can be at least relatively sure that, uh, you know, it's okay. And I mean relatively sure because, you know, you're going to have to give your chickens some feed, and now, you know, there's people in situations where they, they generate enough stuff themselves that they can give their chickens that. Uh, because, hey, chickens do eat table scraps. All right? Chickens do eat table scraps. I mean, you got table scraps, you throw it out there, they'll eat them up, man. Chickens are quite a, uh, the scavengers. And... uh you know, that might, I'm I'm pretty sure that's probably better than the food you get. Now, now you can go buy their chicken food down there at uh, the feed store, and you can spend the extra uh, $10 per 50 pounds for the organic feed. And if that makes you feel better because you believe what they put on the label, that it's organic, okay. And it may be. But then again, it may not be. Okay? It may not be. And you might say, well, what do you mean? Well, what do I mean? Uh, maybe they're lying. That's what I mean. Okay? You, you know, this isn't a mom-and-pop operation filling up bags of feed with little scoops, man. These are big corporations doing this. 
And big corporations lie if it's profitable to lie. Hell, they're getting $10, a, uh, $10 an extra $10 per 50-pound bag. Ah, stick the, uh, you know, hey, listen, if they're, if they're willing to go and put new date stickers on old chicken, you don't think they're willing to sew on an organic label onto a bag that isn't? Oh, I think they are. So, you know, even if you raise your own, hey, you know, you still have to take that into account. But you know what? You're still doing a lot better off, I'm telling you. You're doing a lot better off because the living conditions these chickens now, you know, the leg, uh, the egg-laying chickens have been, uh, you know, that's been exposed as, you know, the pictures are horrific. And if you go and look, it, it's even worse when you see it live. But... Uh, they don't have a very good life, and it's not very, it doesn't seem very sanitary. I mean, you've got chickens stacked on top of each other with mesh bottoms, and they crap on each other, and then the ones that get crapped on, you know, crap on the ones below them, and what they end up doing is eating each other's crap. You know, and, and we wonder, gee, how can this, how can these bird diseases spread so quickly? Well, you know what? When you're raising anything in a sewer, disease spreads quickly in a sewer. Okay? This is why the Black Plague went running through Europe. Okay? And this is also the reason why a lot of these diseases are no longer prevalent. It's not because of vaccines. See, that's the lie. It's like, oh, don't let any crisis go to waste. Well, don't let any good thing go to waste either. They don't let anything go to waste. They lie about everything. Hygiene got better. People started taking baths. People stopped crapping inside their houses in buckets. You know, people, you know, cities got sewer systems instead of having raw sewage floating down the gutter of the street. You know, people stopped doing these things. And, wow, what a surprise. Disease stopped, you know, going rampant. You know, so, oh, but, hey, I'm a vaccine company, so guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to sit there and say, yeah, that's because of me. That's because of me. I did that. Yeah, that's us. (laughs) Sure it is. Anyway, we got to take a break. We'll be back in a bit.
have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is May 1st, 2015. It's Friday, and if you're a commie, well, you're celebrating because it's May Day. It's about 2.43 out here on the Pacific Time Coast. And, uh... Okay, yes, uh, let's just get to the... Let, let's just get to the, uh... Get to the... Stump the room. Now, there was only one really guest there that, uh... The first song was Mick Jagger singing, which is right. Uh, it was. Uh, and it was really uh, mostly the Rolling Stones. Uh, but they did have the guy, uh... Uh, the guitar player from ACDC who was tearing it up on his uh, guitar there, uh, which I, I like that song. That's why I played it. I I didn't figure I'd be stumping the room with that one, but because uh, uh, you can kind of pick out Mick Jagger's voice pretty much, uh, you know, pretty easy. And if it's Mick Jagger, chances are it's the Rolling Stones. Uh, and uh, I'm not going to be a stickler and say that you got to, you got to come up with a guy's name for uh, ACDC guitar player. Because, you know, his brother has uh, uh, got dementia. You know, he uh, writes a lot of, or wrote a lot of the songs for ACDC. And uh, his uh, brother is uh, basically, they call it dementia, but, you know, it's probably uh, old timers or uh, some sort of poisoning or some something like that, you know. Anyway. <laughs> uh the second song there sure sounds a lot like Johnny B. Good, doesn't it? I mean, uh, like exactly like Johnny B. Good, except for the words. Yeah. Uh, I kind of like this song better than Johnny B. Good, but um, hey, it's uh, the name of it's Let It Rock. I've played it before. It's by The Refreshments. And yes, yes, it, the guitar player is Angus Young, and his brother is Malcolm, and Malcolm's the one losing his mind. Uh how I know this, I watched a YouTube documentary on it, because, uh, uh, I don't know, you know, I, I find stuff like that a lot more interesting than, uh, oh, what Chelsea Clinton had to say, uh, she was interviewed, or, oh, oh, Bruce Jenner had an interview, oh, boy, there, that must be exciting, you know, I'd rather, uh, you know, <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd rather find out about, you know, what's going on in the, the musical thing. And somebody said uh, that uh, Malcolm never played lead because it would interfere with his drinking. And uh, I, I tend to believe that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that that's that. Let's get on to uh, some things and stuff. Well, we talked about, you know, the chicken problem. And it's not just a chicken problem, folks. The food supply in the world, not just America, but America predominantly, but the world. The food supply is in serious danger. Catastrophic danger. I mean, you might not believe it, but it's true. And, uh... You know, without food, there's going to be real problems. And, you know, yes, we could even go into some uh, nightmarish, futuristic, you know, uh, possibilities like uh, Soylent Green. You know, I mean, they're already using fetal tissue uh, for flavoring in soft drink products. Uh Uh-huh. Kind of sick, eh? Yeah. But, hey... 
They wanted, what was it, New York or somewhere, some city? Somebody's moving, they want to grind up dead people for fertilizer now? Wow. That's, uh... Talk about taking uh, recycling a little too far. I mean, you know, come on. Well, anyway, so all I can tell you is you really should try to do something about it on your own. Uh, If you have any land at all, consider raising your own chickens. And I don't mean to eat chicken. I mean for eggs. You know, you can uh, you can whack the roosters and make some chicken soup out of them. Uh, it's, you know, just don't let them get too old. And now I've heard I've heard things that you can feed them um, uh, apple cider vinegar and it softens up, tenderizes their meat. You know, when you feed it to them, not soaking in them. I know it does when you soak it. Uh, but you you know you can always just take a rooster and throw it in a pot and just cook it up. It's not going to be tender, wonderful, mm, you know, meat, but it's going to give you some uh, protein, especially if it was your own, you know, raised, and you don't need that many roosters, folks. So if you're raising your own, I suggest you do, you know, uh, honestly, get a few chickens, and you know what, having a few chickens for your family could, we could end up in a situation in this country where having a few chickens is the difference between you living and you dying. Okay? That's how serious this is. You know, I'm watching this uh, show, and it's about, uh, you know, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fictional thing about, uh, oh, King Arthur and Merlin and, uh, you know, Knights of the Round Table, that whole thing. And one of the things I notice about it is how the people live. And also they do deal with how fragile their lives were. Like when the king sends somebody around to uh, say, okay, taxes, tax time. Well, they didn't give taxes up in money. They gave taxes up in whatever they grew, whatever they, you know, had as in livestock. That's what their taxes were. Basically, the king said, hey, you're uh, growing your stuff on my land. Uh, I want part of it. And, of course, like all tyrants, they get greedy and they want more and more and more. And the people were complaining that, hey, if you take too much of this, we're not going to be able to make it through the winter, and we won't have any seed stock for next year. In other words, you're going to kill us if you tax us too much more. We can't have this. Folks, that's pretty fragile. Okay? That's pretty fragile. And that's the Dark Ages, and this is how they want you living, folks. And they're getting their way. It looks as though they're getting their way. So you better, you know, uh, start thinking about, well, hey, if I really, if I want to survive, I'm going to have to do something. Because these people that you've been counting on that are going to help you are actually the ones trying to kill you. Catch a clue, folks. Now, here's something I find interesting that, uh, you know, I, I catchy. I like wordplay. I like it when people come up with, uh, you know, names and stuff. I don't see the lynch mob, you know, the new name for the Justice Department catching on just yet, but I hope it will one day. But this is a good one. Hopium. <laughs> you know, and there's a, you know, there's the Obama uh, you know, uh campaign uh thing up there. Hopium. This is funny. You know, because opium is of course a uh, you know, uh 
drug, and uh, everybody's familiar with what opium does. You know, they make heroin out of it, kind of a downer, calms you down, and they call this hopium. If enough people truly believe that things will get better, will that actually cause them to get better? See, this is talking about our economy that is based on nothing but confidence, okay? There is certainly something to be said for being positive and thinking that anything is possible. And as Americans, optimism seems to come naturally for us. However, no amount of positive thinking is ever going to turn the sun into a block of wood or turn the moon into a block of cheese. Any good counselor will tell you that one of the first steps towards recovery is to stop being delusional and to come to grips with how bad things really are. Uh, I think they call that hitting the bottom. You know, you've got to hit the bottom before you can recover. Well, there, there's some truth to that, folks, because, you know, nobody really wants to, you know, change anything until it gets just, okay, this is, I can't stand this anymore. I can't take it anymore. I, I'm either going to kill myself or change something. And that's when things change. And that's what it takes most of the time with most people. And we live in a country where uh, the, the, nothing bad's really ever happened to us here as a nation. Okay? You know, uh, when the Nazis came running through France and Poland, that was really bad for them. Czechoslovakia, all of Eastern Europe, really bad. When the Soviets took over and said, hey, we're in charge now, (laughs) you know, here's the new boss, same as the old boss, yeah, here we are. That was really bad for a long time. People in Africa have had it really bad. People in South America have had it. Everybody everywhere has had it really bad except us. We've never had it really bad in our history, which isn't that long, and it's probably why nothing really bad's ever happened. But something really bad is about to happen. And there are forces making it happen, whatever reason they, there is, okay? And we could speculate for, you know, months on oh, all the reasons they might be doing what they're doing. Okay, that's fine. I don't care why they're doing what they're doing. They're doing it, I know they're doing it, and I don't care why they're doing it, they just need to stop doing it, because I know where it ends. It ends with us in the dark ages. And that was really bad, okay? But Americans figure, hey, you know, that had never happened to us, that can't happen here. Well, anyway, when we deny reality and engage in irrational, wishful thinking, we are engaging in something called hopium. This is a difficult term to define, but the favorite definition of hopium uh, that I have come across so far goes like this. The irrational belief that, despite all evidence to the contrary, things will turn out for the best. (laughs) Hey, ever meet any people like that? In hundreds of articles, I have documented how the U.S. economy is mired in a long-term decline, which is about to get a lot worse. But most Americans see things very differently. In fact, according to brand new CNN ORC poll, 52% of Americans describe the U.S. economy as... Okay, this is sick. Yeah, you know, this is sick, folks. I mean, it really is. 52% of Americans describe the U.S. economy as very or somewhat good. Really? 52%? Oh, man. And more than two-thirds. And that's over 66% for public school math uh, students. Of all Americans believe that the U.S. economy will be in good shape a year from now. (laughs) Oh, man. Two-thirds really believe that? 
But if you ask most of those people why are they so optimistic, they would probably mumble something about Obama or about how uh, we're Americans and we always bounce back or some other such gibberish. Well, it's wonderful that so many people are feeling good and looking forward to the future, but are those beliefs rational? We witnessed a perfect example of this hopium on Wednesday. Sales at McDonald's restaurants have been in decline for quite a while, and the numbers for the first quarter of 2015 were just as abysmal. The ubiquitous burger and fries train said the U.S. sales, the largest share of global economy, fell 2.6% from a year ago for comparable outlets. Sales in the Asia, Pacific, and Middle East region dropped 8.3%, helping bring overall global sales down 2.3%. Reflecting negative guest traffic in all segments, the company said, total revenue sank 11% to only $5.96 billion in the quarter. In the quarter. To March 31st, and net income plunged 32.6% to $812 million. Ooh. So, do you think that the stock price would have tanked on Wednesday, right? I mean, really, your company's losing money, they're losing ground, they're going in the wrong direction, and uh, you figure it's time to sell, right? Nah. Thanks to the news that a turnaround plan would be announced on May 4th, McDonald's stock actually skyrocketed. Okay, wow, how stupid is everybody? McDonald's closed up 3.13% after spiking more than 4.5% in early trade as investors cheered a turnaround plan expected on May 4th. However, the fast food chain's earnings missed on both the top and bottom lines. Wow, this is pure hopium. Why don't McDonald executives just tell us what the plan is now? But instead, the mystery of a secret turnaround plan gives people just enough hope to keep the stock from tumbling. Well, at least for right now, anyway. And of course, there are all sorts of other stocks that are being massively inflated by hopium right now. Many years ago, when I was an undergraduate, I was taught that a price-to-earnings ratio more than 20 was really, really high. But these days... That is the norm on Wall Street. And at the moment, there are quite a few stocks that are actually have no price-to-earnings ratios that are greater than 100. Now, folks, I could go on and on with this because, you know, it's not hard to find bad things in the economy. The whole thing is just falling apart, man. Okay? It, it's coming unraveled. And I don't think it's coming unraveled by accident. I think they're doing it on purpose. I don't think it's gotten out of control. I don't think it's the fact that a Ponzi scheme can only last so long and then it goes bad. Because they knew this when they opened up the Ponzi scheme. Okay? They had a plan for it to go bad. I really truly believe their real plan is to set, to, to get a lot of people killed, call the herd, and get back to business the way they like it. And that is, everybody is a surf on the land while they live in their castles and you basically you know, scratch out, you know, enough to stay alive to the next day. This, this is what I believe they're doing, honestly. <laughs> now, Baltimore. Now we finally see what the real thing is, what the real reason behind Baltimore and Ferguson and all this stuff is. Now we get it. Now they're coming straight out and saying it. Al, the FBI informant, Sharpton, 
Now what's he calling for? He's calling for the lynch mob to take over policing in this country. He says we're going to have to fight states' rights. That's right. He, doesn't, he wants a federal police force throughout the country. He doesn't want local police forces. He doesn't want your city to have local police officers. He wants them all federalized working underneath the lynch mob, you formerly known as the Justice Department. Okay? That's the real deal with why they're doing these, you know, allowing these riots, because they are allowing these riots. Look at how the mayor, the politicians, even the governor of Missouri when the Ferguson thing was going on, how they held back. They didn't try to quash the riots. Now, what's going to happen if that happened in your house? Somebody starts rioting, busting out windows and stuff. You're going to put an end to it quickly. And if you have to shoot them, you'll shoot them. Listen, you stop now or we'll kill you. Now, I'm not saying they don't have reasons to riot, but those reasons are created artificially. They want this, folks. Federal police force, totally unconstitutional. Anyway, I got to go. This show will be replayed tonight at 8 p.m. Y'all have a good weekend, and as always, thanks for listening. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. on the rock and roll. So, you know, for years, the uh, Johns Hopkins Institute of Cancer, on cancer, has been telling people that chemo and radiation is the only way to try to eliminate cancer. Well, now they're telling people that there is an alternative. But before I get into that, there's some stuff you need to know about cancer, okay? First and foremost, and this does not come from the John Hopkins Institute, cancer cannot exist in an aerobic environment. That means if the body is constantly oxygenated, cancer cells will die off. 
And the best and the easiest way to do that is with organic sulfur crystals. So we'll get into that later. But now back to Johns Hopkins. According to Johns Hopkins, they say that everyone has cancer cells in their body, and that's a reality. But they don't show up until they've multiplied to a few billion. So when a doctor tells you that there's no more cancer cells in the body, it means that their tests are unable to detect the cancer cells because they have not reached the size that is detectable. So when your immune system is strong, the cancer cells will be destroyed and prevented from forming tumors. If, however, cancer cells are detectable, that means that there are nutritional deficiencies that could either be of a genetic nature or environmental food, and lifestyle factors. Chemotherapy involves poisoning the rapidly growing cancer cells, but in the process, it rapidly destroys healthy cells as well in the bone marrow, the gastrointestinal tract, and so forth, and it can damage organs like the liver, kidneys, heart, lungs, and on and on and on. Radiation while destroying cancer cells, also burns, scars, and damages healthy cells, tissues, and organs. So while chemo and radiation will reduce the tumor size, they do not result in more tumor destruction. So when the body has too much of a toxic burden from the chemo and the radiation, the immune system is either compromised or destroyed, opening the door for all kinds of infections and complications. In addition, chemo and radiation can cause the cancer cells to mutate and resist destruction. Now, on top of that, sugar will cause cancer cells to spread to other sites as well. So the effective way to starve the cancer cells is not by feeding it with the foods it needs to multiply the cells. Then when you substitute sugar with aspartame, also known as NutraSweet or AminoSweet or Equal or any of that other garbage, that's very harmful. The only sweeteners that you should use are honey, molasses, or maple syrup, but only in very small quantities, um, and even stevia, if you get the right one. Uh, stevia is a natural herb. It's a natural sweetener. If you use too much, um, it'll taste like, uh, oh, God, like um, licorice. If you taste licorice, you use it too much. Then the table salt, like Morton's, that stuff is 
that stuff really sucks. Why? Because it has a chemical added to it to make it white. So if you want to use salt, I would go with sea salt or Himalayan salt. Milk also causes mucus, especially in the gastrointestinal tract. And cancer cells feed on mucus. So if you substitute milk with organic non-GMO soy milk or rice milk, it will starve the cancer cells. I wouldn't touch almond milk because most of the almonds which are produced in California are all irradiated. The reason why they're irradiated is because there was a um, a slaughterhouse upwind from an almond uh, almond orchard, and the runoff from the slaughterhouse contaminated the almonds. So rather than do anything about the slaughterhouse, they said that all the almonds coming out of California have to be irradiated, even though that wasn't the problem. But, you know, it's all about money. So now cancer cells thrive in an acidic environment. So a flesh-based diet produces acidity. And, And Johns Hopkins says it's best to eat fish and chicken. The problem is they're clueless, but they're slowly getting there because how hard is it to realize that fish containing all the PCB loads and the mercury and the radiation uh, causes cancer and neurological problems? And all flesh, for that matter, contains antibiotics, growth hormones, parasites, which are all harmful, especially if you already got active cancer cells. You see, they never mention that all flesh food feed is loaded with GMOs. So if you have a diet that consists of, say, 80% fresh vegetables and juice, and whole grains and seeds and nuts and fruits, that will put your body into an alkaline environment. The other 20% can be from, you know, maybe steamed vegetables or even beans, cooked beans, um, which is good. Fresh vegetable juices provide the live enzymes that are easily absorbed and reach down to the cellular level within 15 minutes to nourish and enhance growth of healthy cells. So if you want to obtain live enzymes for building healthy cells, juice every day with fresh vegetables. My favorite, my favorite is carrot, apple, ginger, and beet. Now, that may sound horrible to you, but the apples make it taste sweet 
and the carrots and the beets and the ginger build the immune system. Now, what you have to remember is it's more important to eat raw vegetables because they produce enzymes. Enzymes are destroyed at temperatures of 104 degrees. That's why pasteurization is bad because they cook stuff to 180 degrees. Then you should also avoid coffee and tea. They're high in caffeine. I mean, green tea might be a better alternative, but too much green tea results in dehydration, but it does have cancer-fighting properties. Now, as far as water is concerned, it's best to drink purified water or filtered water to avoid the, the known toxins and the heavy metals in the tap water like fluoride and chlorine. And distilled water, you have to understand, is acidic, and it needs to be alkaline. So if you're drinking distilled water, you should maybe squeeze some lemon into it because a lemon, even though it's citrus, has uh, an alkalizing effect on the body. Then flesh protein is difficult to digest, and requires a lot of digestive enzymes. Why? Well, not why, but undigested flesh remains in the intestines, becomes putrefied, and leads to more toxic buildup. See, here's the thing. When you eat, when you eat vegetables, you can chew them until they mix with the saliva, and then you drink it. You can chew flesh from now until Christmas, and that ain't never going to break down. So what you basically are doing is you're chewing it, you're sucking out all the flavor and the spices, and then you're swallowing it. So now you have this, this piece of cooked, rotting corpse sitting in your intestines that are full of poisons. And it takes four to seven days for flesh to pass out of the body where it takes two to four days for vegetables to pass out of the body. So you have potentially for a week rotting poison sitting in your body, proliferating all the cells in the body, creating an acidic environment creating cancer cells to get bigger and making you sick. You see, the cancer cells, they have a real tough protein covering. So if you go away from eating flesh, it frees more enzymes to attack the walls of the cancer cells and allows the body's killer cells to destroy cancer cells. Now, cancer is a disease of the mind, the body, and the spirit. And a proactive and positive spirit will help the cancer warrior become a survivor. Anger, unforgiveness, bitterness, envy, they put the body in a stressful and acidic environment. So you have to learn 
to have a loving and forgiving spirit, learn how to relax and enjoy life. Now, cancer cells, like I said, cannot live in an oxygenated environment. So exercising, deep breathing, that helps you get more oxygen down to the cellular level. And oxygen therapy is another means employed to destroy cancer cells, but I'm going to get into the sulfur crystals in a minute. Now, under no circumstances should you put plastic containers in a microwave. You should not put plastic water bottles in a freezer. And you should not put plastic wrap like saran wrap in a microwave because the dioxin chemicals are highly poisonous to the cells of the body and freezing plastic with water in them releases the dioxins from the plastic. When you heat food in microwaves, especially fat-containing foods, that releases dioxins into the food and ultimately into the cells of the body. Plus, when you heat food in a microwave, it changes the molecular structure of the food and the body has no idea what's eating. So instead of using plastic, use corningware, use Pyrex, use ceramic containers for heating your food. You'll get the same result, but you'll get the same results without the dioxins. So things like TV dinners, instant ramen and soups should be removed from the container and heated in something else other than a microwave. Paper isn't bad, but you don't know what's in the paper. So as the food is nuked, the high heat causes poisonous toxins to actually melt out of the plastic wrap and drip into the food. So you cover the food with a paper towel instead. Now, I've been on radio in Hawaii since 1981. And when I started doing a radio show, I've been saying this and I've been saying more. And you can hear more if you go to www.healthtalkhawaii.com. And the fact that it's taken the medical community 30 years to catch on is somewhat uplifting. Maybe in another 30 years, John Hopkins will come out and finally say, if you want to be well, you should adopt a vegan diet. Anyway, you know, I, I think we got a better chance of uh, having a shuttle to the moon. Anyway, I, I wanted to get into this because, you know, I've, I've spoken about organic sulfur. Everybody talks about organic sulfur. And... It's true that it's very beneficial, but for the most part, a lot of people who sell it don't have a clue of its of, of its make, of its value. So let me just put that in perspective, if you will. MSM, methyl sulfonimethane, is marketed lucratively as MSM. The process starts with crystals, which are then turned into powder with anti-caking agents like silicon dioxide added to it. Now, this presents 
a problem for the people who buy it because when the crystals are turned into powder, much of its effectiveness is lost. And when the anti-caking agents, the synthetics, are added to it, whatever's left, whatever benefits are left are nullified. So to derive the maximum benefits from the MSM, it must be in the form of organic crystals and lignin wood-based. That's lignin comes from its wood or prepared with food-grade DMSO. So the best organic sulfur crystals are produced as follows. It's made from DMSO, which is dimethyl sulfoxide. And DMSO is made by processing the waste product of paper making, pulp, like the pulp and paper industry. It is never made by simply processing trees or any other form of plant life, no matter what you might read in some less informed internet sources for the sole purpose of extracting DMSO. It could be just the seawater could be used for the sole purpose of extracting gold, but that's really impractical. So DMSO is extracted from the waste product of paper making, and it is the paper making that allows the whole process to be practical. So as paper is made, the paper is made of the fibers of wood. But as the trees grow, the fibers of the wood are stuck together in the living tree by a substance called lignin. So lignin is like the glue that holds the fibers together. The wood could not be made into paper if all the fibers are stuck together. So paper making must include some process by which the lignin is removed, allowing the wood fibers to be managed and converted into flat paper and so forth. So lignin is removed with something called pulping chemicals. And these chemicals are sodium sulfite, that's the majority of them, sodium sulfide and sodium carbonate. When the chemicals are soaked in a vat with the wood chips, the lignin dissolves and the wood fibers can be removed. Generally about 50% of the stuff in the vat would be the wood fibers ready for making into paper, and 50% would be the residue, the waste product of the original pulping chemicals and the lignin that has now been dissolved. So the first liquid is called DMS, but it is quickly and easily further refined into DMSO. Food-grade DMSO is the main ingredient from which MSM is made by a controlled oxidation process using hydrogen peroxide and water. No other chemicals used and the hydrogen peroxide is turned into water. Now, it's important to realize that if you purchase the organic sulfur crystals, then the MSM you receive has been distilled 
No chemicals are left behind. It is the purest possible form of the chemical methyl sulfonylmethane. Now, organic sulfur is found in all living organisms. It's also contained in raw plant and animal foods. It is not found in any foods which have been stored during shipping or refrigerated or cooked. Seriously, organic sulfur bonds with moisture and is therefore carried away when dehydration occurred, occurs. That is why stored, refrigerated, or cooked foods no longer contain organic sulfur. Also, with the introduction of the petrochemical fertilizers in the 1930s, the benefits of sulfur were severely diminished and why you must stay hydrated and drink a lot of water every day. Also with the introduction of the petrochemical fertilizers, which were created to replace the manure as fertilizer and to create a cash crop for the petrochemical industry, the oil-based fertilizers virtually destroyed the sulfur in the soil. Add to this the obscene overprocessing of our food supply, which served only to increase shelf life and profits, and which made our food supply completely devoid of sulfur. And it's no wonder that we are a nation of overweight, undernourished, disease-ridden sickos hooked on pharmaceutical drugs. In 1985, Finland became alarmed over the increasing obscene disease rate of its population, and they banned the use of all chemical fertilizers, fearing the levels of cadmium, yet totally unaware of the sulfur connection. But since they did that, they have become the leading supplier of organically grown foods in Europe, and they have also seen their disease rates drop to one-tenth of their 1985 levels. Interestingly enough, though, in 1985, the U.S. was at the same disease level as Finland. So why did we not follow suit and ban the chemical fertilizers and put a lid on the highly processed food? Well, if you ever watch Donald Trump's TV show, you know, it begins to go, money, money, money. <laughs> so do you really think that we would stop using profitable chemicals for our soil and our food, which involves the commercial agribusiness, medicine, insurance, and genetic and designer foods? We can, however, regenerate our internal sulfur cycle with the organic sulfur crystals, provided that the product has not suffered the same indignities of science that our food supply has and continues to suffer. So like sulfur, the cell membrane is another blind spot in medicine. 
And despite proof that the cellular membranes need sulfur to be utilized and formatted correctly so any cell can function as the basic unit of life, medicine still depends upon synthetic chemicals to treat a symptom. So in the body, organic sulfur is used to repair cells which have been damaged as well as to promote the growth of healthy new cells by allowing the cells to transport oxygen more effectively. The organic sulfur also makes the cell walls more permeable, enabling them to allow more nutrients in and to allow waste materials to pass out of the cell. Studies have shown that chlorine and fluorine are detrimental to this oxygen transport, yet those elements have been added to the U.S. water supply to make our teeth healthier, <laughs> yeah, right, and our water more pure or free from bacterial infestation. Fortunately, I'm one of the people in Hawaii that's kept fluoride out of our water supply, except for the military bases. And other than the military bases, that's because the government really cares about their military, our water supply is fluoride-free. And as I said, I was instrumental in accomplishing accomplishing that despite an avalanche of industry and Hawaii Department of Health executive blatant lies. Now, let me just tell you something about chlorine. If you're paranoid about chlorine, um, if you want to get rid of chlorine in your water, what you do is fill up a big pot and bring it to a boil. And once it starts boiling, you see the steam coming out, just turn off the water turn off the heat, let it cool down because chlorine is a gas. And once you see that steam that's blowing off all the chlorine, then you take that pot and you fill up bottles, put them in your refrigerator to cool them off, and you've got really clean uh, chlorine-free water. Uh, as far as fluoridated water, you need a reverse osmosis filter. So anyway, those elements, are poisonous at higher concentrations, and they block the uptake of oxygen and sulfur. So like I said, you hook up a charcoal filter to your faucet, and that removes the chlorine, or you boil it and then put it in bottles. And the small amount of chlorine, however, has not been found to adversely affect the benefits of the sulfur. So the thing you have to be careful about is the fluoride, and you can get rid of that with a reverse osmosis filter. Otherwise, you just go out and buy bottled water. And you don't want to use distilled water because distilled water, like I said, creates an acidic environment unless you squeeze some lemon in it, and that'll make it more alkaline. So every day, the body uses 
up to about 750 milligrams of organic sulfur naturally. Now, organic sulfur is natural. It's found in the water we drink. It's found in fresh, unstored, and uncooked foods. It's found in fruits and vegetables and dairy products. And unless you mostly consume organic raw foods, you are not receiving enough organic sulfur to realize this tremendous health benefit. Unfortunately, the shelf life deterioration for sulfur is rapid in cruciferous vegetables and garlic and onions with as much as 90% loss of sulfur after one week of harvest. Then to add insult to injury is the fact that cooked or processed foods have no utilizable sulfur, and sadly, most MSN, MSM, and other sulfur supplements do not restore the cellular levels of sulfur and omega-3s, and the reason is that anything synthetic that sulfur comes in contact with renders it useless. So let's talk about the benefits. Now you know how we got it. Now you know why it's good. The organic sulfur has a cleansing or a detoxifying effect on the cells within the body. It allows the body to remove toxins that have accumulated in all types of cells, including fat cells. So should you feel once you start taking it that you get like you're getting the flu or other symptoms where you feel like you're getting sick, you are not getting sick. It is the detox process and it will pass. And while this is happening, do not stop taking the crystals and in fact maybe take another teaspoonful in the middle of the day. You know, we spend a lifetime screwing up our bodies, and yet we expect that we're going to have a product that's going to fix us in 24 hours. It doesn't work that way. Everything takes time. Everything takes determination and, above, above, above all, dedication. So the suggested uses, usage is one teaspoonful twice a day, one in the morning, one in the evening. Different ways to take it. Number one, you can dissolve a little bit in hot water, then fill the glass up with cold water and drink it. You can put the crystals in your mouth and you can chew it. That's what I do. You can put a tablespoon or two in a liter or a quart bottle, dissolve it, fill it up with water, squeeze in a lime, add a little bit of maple syrup, and drink a lime punch all day long. Or you can put it in your mouth and chew it, and you can drink orange juice right after that, and it makes the orange juice taste sweeter than Kool-Aid. Seriously. I personally, like I said, I just put it in my mouth and chew it. Now, organic sulfur is not a drug, and it's not a prescription medicine. It is a nutrient, a food that the body can consume. It increases enzyme production within the glands in the body. 
substantially increasing overall resistance to illness. It increases flexibility in the tissues within the body. It increases blood circulation, and it aids in lowering high blood pressure and raising low blood pressure. It reduces muscle inflammation, promotes healing in the muscles, and prevents them from becoming sore. And to the degree that there is soreness, recovery and return to normality is quickened. And athletes in particular benefit from this as the intake of additional organic sulfur increases their recovery time. The sulfur eliminates free radicals in the body. Allergies to pollens and certain foods can be reduced or eliminated. It promotes healthy increased growth of hair and fingernails. It has been studied for its its anti-cancer effects and because of the oxygenation of the cells and the tissues, which creates a 24-7 aerobic environment, cancer cells cannot exist. The organic sulfur studies have shown the reversals of osteoporosis, Alzheimer's, and Parkinson's disease. It aids in healthy skin production and the reduction of wrinkles and is one of the main ingredients in moisturizing creams, and it helps to reduce and clear up scar tissue. The sulfur can benefit all skin types and ages. It's been shown to be highly effective in the treatment of skin conditions like acne, eczema, psoriasis. And bear in mind that those conditions arise from a weak immune system, which the organic sulfur will help strengthen, as well as problematic skin, and it helps keep skin healthy and strong to guard against premature aging, and and skin damage. The sulfur helps the body properly regulate insulin production. And adequate organic sulfur in the diet can reduce the need or the quantity of insulin injections. It helps in reducing and eliminating diverticulitis. you got parasites that are living in the colon. Well, if you take the sulfur, the parasites are unable to remain attached to the colon walls because the sulfur forms a smooth resistant coating. Now, parasites have worms. Well, the hatching worms got nothing to grab onto when they're flushed out. The sulfur helps to alleviate emphysema. It provides the body with material to manufacture new healthy cells on the lung walls. I mean, just like for me, when I heard about sulfur, I figured it's another magic bullet, right? Well, I had asthma my whole life after being vaccinated as a little kid. After three days, three days, my sulfur disappeared, has not returned since 2007. Now, because of its ability to make the cell walls more permeable, 
This causes the body to rapidly reduce, release alcohol, hangover toxins, removing them as waste from the body. And the process happens far more rapidly than it does to recover from a hangover, you know, like maybe as quickly as 20 minutes. The sulfur will help alleviate chronic headaches and increased circulation in the brain promotes proper blood circulation within the brain and less pressure and pain result, which reduces the tendencies for headaches or migraines. The sulfur will reduce hypoglycemia because it is made it easier for the body to introduce blood sugar through more permeable cell walls. So less insulin is demanded for the process, resulting in less overuse of the pancreas. And within months of consistent sulfur usage, that can reduce or eliminate hypoglycemia entirely. It will also help alleviate PMS because the glandular production is enhanced by organic sulfur to have more normal levels of production. Acid levels, enzyme levels, hormonal levels are more evenly balanced with organic sulfur. Cramps, headaches, nausea from the monthly cycle can be reduced or eliminated through its use. The sulfur helps to promote better kidney function more efficiently. So water retention problems due to bad kidney function can be alleviated. Now, let's say you've got some eye problems, okay? You dissolve one teaspoon of sulfur in four ounces of water, and you put it in a spray bottle, And you can either use it as an eye drop or spray it in your eyes as frequently as you like. And it does not create any problem. But in fact, within within seconds, your eyes are like dry eyes. That's gone. It also will deliver the essential omega-3s throughout the body and will allow the body to produce vitamin B12. And like I said, because it passes through the blood-brain barrier, it has reversed at least 29 or 30 cases of autism in little kids that we know about. And it also eliminates the need for Viagra or Cialis because it reverses erectile dysfunction. But the one thing, and I'll tell you a story about that in a minute, but the one thing you got to be careful of if you take any medications or supplements, there needs to be a 30-minute window between the taking of the crystals and the taking of the meds and the supplements because the synthetics and the anti-caking agents will nullify the benefits of the sulfur crystal. Okay, so I play in a senior softball league. One is 55 and older, one is 68 and older. And there's a guy I was playing with, he was in his early 80s, and he asked me if it was any good for erectile dysfunction. And I said, yeah, just take it twice a day and it'll work. It's really good. So he, he ordered, he, I bring him the sulfur, and I don't see him for a couple of three weeks. And then I see him, and I said, so how's the sulfur working? He said, oh, it's really good. I said, you're still taking it twice a day? He said, no, I'm only taking it once a day. 
I said, yeah, but you got to take it twice a day to be effective. And this is the guy with erectile dysfunction. And he says to me, yeah, I know, but my wife can't handle it. <laughs> so anyway, there's a lot of people out there that are selling this product. Some of it works. Some of it doesn't work. Now you know why it works. And now you know that because I have all that information where nobody else will even go into the depths of anything like that. What I have works, and it's it's whatever. So that's up to you. You want to get healthy, then there's some stuff that you need to do, and this is probably the best of the best. Okay, getting back into what I do best, which is to talk stink about all kinds of corporations and everything. Corporate lobbying is big business in the United States where the highest bribing bribing multinational corporations are allowed to freely siphon billions of dollars every year from the federal pockets. But few people realize just how much these monolithic corporate entities are effectively stealing from American taxpayers by paying off Congress for financial and political favors. According to a recent analysis conducted by the Sunlight Foundation, 200 of America's most politically active corporations collectively spend about $1.2 billion annually lobbying the federal government for tax breaks, grants, and other financial incentives. And in return, they garner more than $733 billion a year in payouts. <laughs> you got to love it. So the financial, <clears throat> the financial rate of return, if you will, for corporations that actively lobby Congress for what they want, is astronomical. And as explained by Zero Hedge, these returns range between 5,900% for things like oil subsidies and as high as 22,000% for multinational tax breaks and in the drug sector, the return is even higher at 77,500%. So putting this in context, the 4.4 trillion total that the top 200 corporations received from the federal government between 2000 and 2012 represents two thirds of the 6.5 trillion dollars that individual taxpayers paid into the federal treasury. That's correct. 4.4 trillion, that's with a T, is what the 200 most powerful U.S. corporations raked in over the course of five years from congressional lobbying. 
which is a huge return from the relatively paltry $5.8 billion they spend to get this massive return. And they call this lobbying. But what it really is, is bribery. So by spending a paltry $6 billion to bribe the U.S. government, or just a little more than what General Motors will spend on stock buybacks alone, U.S. corporations are getting the direct benefit of two-thirds of our tax dollars. So put it differently, the top multinational corporations pulling the strings in Washington, D.C., receive about $760 back from the federal government for every dollar they spend bribing the politicians. And this, while more than 8 million working Americans have lost their job since the start of the last national recession in 2008. So while the already shrinking middle class took another huge blow due from central banking cronyism, the criminals running Washington, D.C., freely handed out billions of dollars in bailouts to the banking kingpins like Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, Chase & Company, the entities that played a major role in causing the financial meltdown in the first place. So America's executive branch made things even worse several years back when the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that corporate spending on federal elections does not give rise to corruption or the appearance of corruption. <laughs> so in essence, the courts decided that corporations are free to spend away in order to maintain their influence over the political system. And it doesn't matter if the politicians in order in office are Democrats or Republicans. All of them cater to their corporate masters, as evidenced by financial records and other data pulled by the Sunlight Corporation throughout the course of various elections and position changes within government. So during the six years that were studied, the newly elected Democratic majorities took control in the House and Senate. Two years later, the White House shifted from Republican to Democrat control, and two years after that, the GOP came back to take the House. So the collapse of the housing bubble in 2007 led to massive bailout efforts by the Treasury Department and the Federal Reserve Board, two massive stimulus bills, and the loss of more than 8 million jobs. you got to love it, yeah? So Congress passed laws that overhauled health care insurance and financial industry regulation. Then the troops surged in Afghanistan and withdrew from Iraq, and there were 16 separate continuing resolutions to fund the government, a debt ceiling standoff that caused a downgrade in the nation's credit rating, and a super committee to wrestle with the federal budget. <laughs> and as the middle class Americans lost ground, the fixed fortune 200 got what they needed. 
Give me the money, honey. <laughs> yeah, so that's just letting you know there ain't nobody on your side. And just when you thought that the absurdity of junk food corporations in trying to pass your products off as healthy had reached its limit, the Coca-Cola company goes and hires a team of fitness and nutrition experts including this vast network of scientists, of certified dietitians, to hawk Coca-Cola soda throughout the media as a healthy snack option. I'm serious, man. So the international, this Coca-Cola, the international beverage giant, they launched this propaganda blitz to push so-called mini cans of Coke, which are 4.5 ounces smaller, than the normal 12 ounce. So that's seven and a half ounces as a healthy snack beverage, okay? Really. So then there's advertisements and what appear to be news articles written by independent health quote-unquote consultants, which have been in newspapers and magazines on TV and on websites claiming that Coca-Cola products are refreshing and healthy. Anyway, because of dwindling sales, Coca-Cola is employing the devious strategy to try to reel back in the dumber segments of its customer base that despite their feeble efforts to eat better are perhaps easily swayed by empty claims from paid health experts about the merits of slurping down a can of Coke after a workout or a trail run. So one article that was posted at patch.com, for example, which appears to offer advice about how to snack healthfully, recommends not eating an entire box of processed snack crackers, but only eating one plate of snacks and avoiding lengthy conversations at parties because apparently the lengthy conversation causes you to snack more. And then the best, and be sure to grab that refreshing mini can of Coca-Cola. <laughs> so you got to limit yourself to a single serving, right? One 100-calorie snack, or look for a refreshing beverage option, such as a mini can of Coca-Cola, reads the obvious endorsement for the Coke product, posing as an independent article about health, when all the time, it's created by one of Coca-Cola's hookers. So the same article also pushes exercise as a solution to better health, recommending, not surprisingly, even more Coke products in order to stay hydrated. I mean, seriously. I mean, it's hilarious that the article throws in the following not-so-subtle plug for another unhealthy Coke product that some people choose to drink instead of pure water. Remember, proper hydration prior to any physical activity is a must. Vitamin water zero is a great option as it has zero calories and it tastes great. So anyone with a brain will notice that the entire quote-unquote health article 
is centered around getting people to drink more Coke products. So the vitamin water zero plug is actually bolded in the article insinuating that it's more important to your health than even the recommended exercise routines, which are also carelessly and shallowly put together. So incorporating some of these small changes in your daily routine can go a long way in improving your heart health, adds the piece, which is cited as being authored by personal trainer and sports nutritionist Norma Rickster. Okay? So the Coca-Cola company admits that the campaign is a ploy but insists that every big brand works with bloggers or has paid talent, except there's nothing in the realm of talent when it comes to pushing products loaded with high fructose corn syrup, phosphoric acid, cancer-causing caramel coloring, and other harmful ingredients as some kind of pre- and post-workout superfood beverage. It is absolutely laughable that the Coca-Cola company would surmise that such an approach has any chance of being a success. How stupid do these company executives think people are that they would propose cans of soda pop as a healthy snack option? You see, you got to understand that the only thing that is relevant to anybody in business, for the most part, is money. And wherever they can get the money, wherever, they will take it. They don't care who it affects. They don't care if it creates a problem as long as they can sell their product. So now, what do you do? You got, if you're on meds, if you have symptomatic problems in your body, that means, number one, you have a compromised immune system. Otherwise, if you had a strong immune system, you wouldn't be sick, you wouldn't have to take drugs. So number one, are you putting unleaded gasoline in your gas tank? And I'm not talking about a car here. I'm being euphemistic, using the body as the vehicle. This is why plant foods, plant-based foods, are essential to building a healthy immune system. That's number one. That's the fuel. Now, what do you do to reverse everything? You've been depleting, you've been making sure that your body has been depleted of oxygen your whole life. This is why sulfur crystals come into play. I just gave you all the information about organic sulfur crystals. What you do with it, how you act upon that, that ain't got nothing to do with me. I'm just giving you the information. But you have to realize the advertisers only want your money. And the more that you can stay sick, the more that you will be a customer of the medical profession. And I'm not going to use the word patient 
because that was contrived because they don't want to call you a customer, which is what you really are. So you need to make changes to learn about the changes, to get more information about the changes. I would I would encourage you just to go to my website. It's not going to cost you anything. HealthTalkHawaii.com. Hundreds of radio shows, hundreds of articles about health-related issues. And it all says the same thing. Make sure you are putting unleaded fuel in your gas tank. And I understand you've been conditioned since you're a little kid to eat a certain way. I am no different. I was conditioned also. I made a change. And here I am. I'm 76 years old. I'm in three softball leagues. I do stand-up paddling. I hike. I swim. I do weight training and cardio. I teach women self-defense classes. I take no meds. I have no illnesses. I can't do it like I did 50 years ago, but I can do it. And I am not a spectacular person. I am not somebody special. I am just a normal guy living next door. And if I can do it, why can't you do it? It's not rocket science. You understand? It's simple. Just go slow. Make the change. Take one day a week. You eat strictly plant-based and fruits and vegetables. That's it. One day. Then you go to two days. Then you go to three days. However long it takes until you can finally get to the point where you're not eating flesh foods, you're not eating processed foods, you're not consuming alcohol, you're not smoking tobacco, you're not drinking sodas, and all of a sudden you find that you're healthy and you don't, you don't want to take any milk products because they're all loaded with bovine growth hormones and everything else to make you sick. Once you get there, you go to my website and read about ecology, you can read about psychology, you can read about the deal. Unbelievable in smoothies every day. 72 superfoods, but first and foremost, organic self-existent. Oh, man. Yes, and this has been Coca-Cola telling you to drink a small can of Coca-Cola. No, I'm just trying to help you guys. The longer you live, the longer you can collect Social Security and the more pissed off the government gets. Anyway, aloha. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one forty. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
All right. Welcome to American Voice Radio Network, and this is New World Order Info. I'm your host, Melissa Roxanne, and it is my live show tonight on Monday, April 27th, 2015. And you can find our websites at theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com and check out all the different ways to listen and go to the chat room. I'm not in there. I tried to get in there, but I had some trouble, so I will try to get in there during the break, I guess. So... All right, um, I'm not really sure. I think I'm going to just um, give you a whole bunch of different information tonight. And this is all great health info, as usual. So um, I told you about uh, a really good site, DrYourself.com. And I've been going there for years, and that is the website of Andrew Saul, Ph.D., and um, it just has a wealth of great health information. So I'm going to be giving you some info from Dr. Saul tonight. And it's his website is easily found. You just go to doctor, like the whole word spelled out, D-O-C-T-O-R, doctor, your y o u r your self s e l f dot com. So it's just doctor yourself dot com, right? So be your own doctor. Okay. So here is just a whole bunch of different stuff from Dr. Andrew Saul that I love. Um, okay, contagious disease, bah humbug. As a child. And this is his words here. I remember sitting in my half-empty classroom during an epidemic or two, wondering why I had to be so darn healthy when all of my friends were homesick, watching daytime reruns of I Love Lucy, the Andy Griffith Show, and Queen for a Day. As a former teacher, I can attest that when the flu comes through school, your absence rate can instantly soar to over one-third of all students, but the other two-thirds exposed to the same viruses, coughs, and flying phlegm of the school lunchroom are quite well. So, with a reverent sense of history, I offer a revisionist view of the germ theory as Abraham Lincoln might have described it. You can infect some of the people all of the time, and all of the people some of the time, but you cannot infect all of the people all of the time. The classic, perhaps the ultimate contagious disease, would be bubonic plague. The Black Death killed better than one in four Europeans during the 14th century. We are talking 30 million people now, plus 45 million more dead in Asia. Pretty awful. Keep in mind, though, that nearly three in four lived through it. How? The plague being a bacterial disease and neither vaccine nor antibiotic in sight? How did the great majority of people not die? Smallpox, that vanished viral disease, is another case in point. Even when smallpox reigned supreme, the vast majority of the population did not contract it. 
and most of those that did nevertheless survived the event. George Washington, to name one. Is smallpox all gone now because of vaccination or because of our natural immune systems? Can you prove the first over the second? It is not possible to vaccinate everyone on Earth, even if everyone on Earth could be or wanted to be vaccinated. Did you know that there have been dozens of plague cases diagnosed in the Southwest USA in recent years? Have you had your plague vaccination? Do you really think you need one? Then why hasn't it spread? And yes, I did know that. Um, and Dr. Christopher, years back, the legendary uh, medical herbalist and healer, you know, he talked about that years ago, how when he was traveling around and, you know, he was in Utah. I don't know exactly where he was when he was traveling. It could have been somewhere in Utah, but... You know, at that time, the plague was going around wherever he was, you know, and I'm sure it was somewhere in the southwest and um, around somewhere around there or wherever he was in Utah or something. So they were having the plague back then, and, you know, he's no longer alive, but, you know, he had all kinds of herbal remedies for the plague, and so they used his herbal remedies, and they didn't get infected there, so... Okay, now moving on to something else here. Feeling down, Prozac too expensive, not to mention the side effects. Well, that was, you know, a very popular drug at one time. I think they've moved on to other ones now, but they're all very bad. Um, terrible side effects and can easily kill, you know, anyone. Adverse reactions and all that. So before the FDA removed all tryptophan supplements from the market due to a temporary and now corrected industrial manufacturing error, millions of people had safely taken regular suppertime doses of this amino acid, usually between 500 to 2,000 milligrams to help them relax. Inside you, tryptophan is metabolized into serotonin, one of your body's most important neurotransmitters. Serotonin gives a feeling of well-being and mellowness, what my mates in Australia would call no worries. This is such a profound effect that Prozac, Paxil, and similar antidepressants usually either mimic serotonin or artificially keep the body's own serotonin levels high. You can do the same thing with your food. And no one can tell us that beans, peas, cheese, nuts, and wheat germ are toxic if you eat a lot of them. I suppose if they were genetically modified, I would disagree. But consider that five servings of beans, a few portions of cheese or peanut butter, or just one big handful of cashews provides one to 2,000 milligrams of tryptophan which will work as well as prescription antidepressants. Okay, so that's a few portions of cheese or peanut butter, but hey, speaking of those, you know, uh, make sure you don't get that bovine growth hormone, that recombinant bovine growth hormone type, you know, cheese full of antibiotics and all that junk. And the peanut butter, um, there's people that are against that because of, different reasons and you know I am too as far as 
for one thing, they usually take the peanut oil out, you know. Uh, most commercial brands have peanut butter, and they put in rapeseed oil, which I'm surprised because on most labels they don't even say rapeseed oil. They say canola oil, but for some reason, I don't know why, but on the peanut uh, butter labels for the commercial brands, they usually do say rapeseed oil. So they take out the peanut um, oil, which was naturally in there when the peanuts were ground up, and then they put in the rapeseed oil, also known as canola oil, which is very, very, you know, unhealthy and genetically modified with Roundup right in the seeds, Roundup Ready seeds. Uh, normally, I mean, almost all of the, the canola seeds have been genetically modified, you know. Um, and when they say there's organic canola, which they do, I mean, I've seen it in the health areas, you know, the health food sections of our grocery store, for instance, It'll say, like, organic, um, you know, organic whatever, and then you look at the ingredients, which you always should do, and it'll say organic canola oil. So even if it has not been genetically modified, it's still very bad. It's, it's a bad oil, and it's bad for our health. So don't fall for it thinking that, oh, it's organic canola oil, so that makes it a good thing. Oh, and another thing I just thought of. Um, when you're looking at all these different vegetable oils, you know, most of them, pretty much almost all of them, or all of them are bad, you know, as far as what most people use and buy and what they promote on television by the chefs, like on Food Network and Food TV, whatever, all these different cooking channels and stuff like that, or Good Morning America, or wherever it is where they're cooking. Um, you know, they're going to promote things, and they do promote things like canola oil. And that's because they want the public to go out and buy canola oil. And it's very, very bad, and you can look it up. You know, type in canola oil, you know, danger, side effects, things like this bad for health, something like that. Um, but, you know, they're going to have a lot of lies and a lot of articles and a lot of sites out there saying that it's a good thing, you know, as well as the chefs say it's a good thing. But, you know, it's not. And so most of the vegetable oils out there, they'll just say vegetable oil on the front of the label. But most of them are made out of canola oil or soybean oil because those are the cheap oils and, you know, cheap for them to put in different foods, too. So they'll be in the ingredients list of different um, processed foods. And, you know, just they're genetically modified. So that's another reason why they want us, you know, to consume those and they'll put them in everything. Um, so keep in mind, just because you're in the organic section of the grocery store or you're in a health food store, or in a place like Whole Foods, or um, there's a lot of different ones. Sprouts is another one, I think, that has a lot of healthy foods. Um, we have one here called Natural Groceries or something like that. Um, and then there's uh, Trader Joe's, and there's others, I'm sure. But Or just the organic section, maybe, of your local grocery store or whatever. Um, or Walmart or wherever they might have organic things. Just know that you can't 
Just because it says organic doesn't mean it's always going to be good, and it could still have things in there like soybean oil a lot of the time or canola oil, etc. So, you know, I would just say read all the labels. And, you know, they're not allowed to label in uh I don't think any states in the United States yet are allowed to put, you know, um, what ingredients are genetically modified. Um, I have noticed they say things like modified cornstarch. I noticed that. I don't know why just the cornstarch they're putting in the ingredient list, it'll say modified. However, I've not noticed any that I can think of, any other ingredient where they actually say modified. But, um, you know, they haven't passed it in any state that I'm aware of for them to be able to tell us what GMOs are in our food. But you can look for things like no GMOs on the label, usually on the front of the label and things like that. But that still doesn't mean you shouldn't look on the ingredients list. You should always check that. So, you know, most of these uh, vegetables are really bad for us. So I just want to tell you about the peanut butter. You know, I wouldn't buy um, regular old peanut butter off the shelf. I would get, you know, I mean, if you're going to do it, try to get organic and try to get the natural peanut butter. You know, the just even the best thing would just be the organic peanuts that are raw and that you can grind yourself. Um, but even then, um, there's people that think peanuts are bad. So um, there's there's a lot of different reasons, but... So, these things, though, do have tryptophan in them, like the cheese, and, of course, the raw goat's milk cheese would be the best, especially if you make it at home yourself and do it all the right way. So, that that has tryptophan, a few portions of those, a few serving of beans, like five servings of beans, that has tryptophan. Uh, the peanut butter has tryptophan, or just one big handful of cashews, and the raw, unsalted cashews would be the best ones, you know, organic, of course. So you can look in the organic bulk food section for those nuts and make sure they're raw, organic, unsalted, and all that. And a lot of times they'll have a way for you to grind them right in the store, or you can take them home and, and grind them yourself. And there's different things out there like champion um, champion juicers and things like that that you can grind your own peanuts or whatever kind of nuts, you know. So those are some options. But just one big handful of cashews provides one to 2,000 milligrams of tryptophan, which will work as well as prescription antidepressants, although they don't work at all. You know, they just make people psychotic and stuff like that. Like there's that Chantix drug, you know, it's not even an antidepressant, it's called Chantix, and it's prescribed for trying to help people to stop smoking, at least that's the lie they tell people, and it makes people psychotic, for instance. So, you know, go on shooting sprees or things like pull guns on cops, you know, and stuff like that I've read about, and they're giving it to veterans, you know. I think they're giving things like this to veterans because they want to be able to take their guns away. They want them to, you know, to make them crazy. They want to make them psychotic and all that. And so when they put them on any of these drugs, they can use that as a reason, whether they do anything wrong or not. 
They can use that as a reason to take their guns away. So they're trying to say, you know, all the vets have PTSD and all that, which used to be termed shell shock. Um, and they're getting them on these chemical, you know, petrochemical antidepressants, anti-anxiety medications, SSRIs, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors and all that. And then they're going to use that as an excuse that, oh, they can't have a gun. They're on these medications. And they're trying to get the population as well on these things for that very reason, to make it easier to take everybody's guns away. You know, so if you've been diagnosed with ADD, ADHD, they will no longer let you in the military. And that's been the case for years because... Pretty much, if they diagnose you, you know, I don't know of any exceptions, they're probably going to force that child or adult to go on these psychotropic drugs. And then they'll use that as an excuse, well, they can't have a gun or they can't be in the military or whatever. So, anyway, back to the article here, and this is Dr. Andrew Saul talking, and he's saying, you know, these things have tryptophan, which work as well as prescription antidepressants, which, in my opinion, don't work at all, and I don't recommend or advise them to anybody. He says, but don't tell the drug companies. Some skeptics think that the pharmaceutical people already know, and that is why the FDA is keeping tryptophan supplements unavailable. Here are two quotes in evidence. Pay careful attention to what is happening with dietary supplements in the legislative arena. If these efforts are successful, there could be created a class of products to compete with approved drugs. The establishment of a separate regulatory category for supplements could undercut exclusivity rights enjoyed by the holders of approved drug applications. And that was way back in 1993, the FDA Deputy Commissioner for Policy David Adams at the Drug Enforcement Association annual meeting July 12, 1993. And here's another quote. The task force considered many issues in its deliberations, including to ensure that the existence of dietary supplements on the market does not act as a disincentive for drug development. FDA Dietary Task Force report released June 15, 1993. Remember, that tryptophan is one of the 10 essential amino acids you need to stay alive. It is by law added to liquid feedings for the elderly in all infant formulas. Yet tryptophan supplements remain illegal. I don't know if they still are, but when this was written, they were at that time. You can legally buy L5-hydroxytryptophan, a non-prescription tryptophan derivative, at health food stores. 5-HTP, as it's also known by, is quite costly, however. The good news is that plenty of inexpensive vitamin C enables your body to convert dietary tryptophan into your own 5-HTP and then onto ser into serotonin. So go eat and be happy. A handy tryptophan food list is just a click away at dryourself.com slash prozac.html. We'll be right back.
Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band, free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one of $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
Welcome back to New World Order Info, and I'm Melissa Roxanne. You're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, and you can join us in the chat room. I'm in there now. And check out the news feed. You can scroll down the page and see lots of different news feeds that have been recently updated. And there's all kinds of other good stuff on the website. You can see the globe spinning there and look at all the red dots and see where we have listeners all over the world. And um, when they do come to the website, you know, either of those sites, it will show where they're coming from usually unless they're, you know, hiding it you know, hiding their IP. Um, sometimes it'll just have a flag and, and nothing else because it won't list the the exact place, you know, the city and state or whatever. But, um, yeah, you can see all those red dots make up AVR listeners around the world and people that have visited our websites. And uh, some of them have come to our chat room even. I mean, we've had people in there, I think, from Hong Kong at times and, um I think Iraq, people in there from there, and, you know, all kind of places. And, and we have listeners from places in the world that I've never even heard of because I'm amazed. When I'm watching the globe, you know, spinning around and, and it shows, you know, who just came to the website or something, um, you know, it'll have a place and I'm like, wow, you know, I've never heard of that place. And so I'll go and look it up or something. But, um yeah, so we have listeners from all over, and, you know, um, a lot of them don't show up. Like, they they won't show you, but for five minutes or so when they come to the website, and then, you know, wherever they're listening from or they're, wherever they're from that are visiting the website, the name that appears on the globe goes away after, like, five minutes. So they may still be there listening and probably are or still on the site, but it only shows them as being there for five minutes. So, um, Plus, we have listeners on satellite that are not going to show up there. And we have listeners on lots of other ways, you know, that are not going to show up there and on the phone bridge. So, But anyway, it's still cool to look at the map. And that map hasn't even been up, that globe hasn't even been up, you know, since AVR started. It was just put up, you know, in the last few years, so... You know, just because whatever the hits say is not really how many website, you know, hits we've gotten because it's just pretty recent addition. Um, but anyway, so thank you to all those who do listen from around the world and from the United States, wherever you are. We appreciate that and for telling others about us and to all the microbroadcasters, for all of those out there that tell others about us that, you know, put the bumper stickers for AVR on your vehicles or wherever so people can see our website addresses. And, you know, for those of you that donate, for those of you that call in, all of, the, of you, and and there's many other ways to support us and those of you that pray for us and, you know, us and our animals and Frankie and I and all the people you hear on the air and things like that, the other hosts and guests and their families and animals and all that. We appreciate it. Okay, so I was telling you uh, about this great website that I love called DoctorYourself.com, and that's Dr. Andrew W. Saul's website, S-A-U-L. And he's got a lot of great, you know, information. It's just jam-packed full of information that I have used for years. 
and I love this site. I'm not going to say I agree with every single thing on there because I haven't even had a chance to read it all, and I've seen some things I don't agree with, but for the most part, I do agree with what Dr. Saul, you know, says, and um, so I was telling you about tryptophan and, you know, how it relaxes you and it helps you sleep and, um, you know, it, it's costly if you get it at a health food store, if it's even still available to buy. Um, but, you know, you can get it in foods. So he has a list of those foods on his website at DrYourself.com. So if you go there, and then after the whole HTTP colon slash slash www, which W's aren't even necessary, but then there's the dot, DrYourself.com. So once you get to that site, if you just um, make sure it just says that, you know, DrYourself.com basically with the HTTP in front, then he just put a little forward slash and then the word Prozac, P-R-O-Z-A-C dot H-T-M-L. And there's a handy tryptophan foods list right there. But don't forget that the good news is that plenty of inexpensive vitamin C enables your body to convert the dietary tryptophan into your own H-T-5-H-T-P, and then on into serotonin. So, you know, that's another inexpensive way to make yourself feel good, you know, without some kind of bad psychotropic drug, you know, that can kill you easily. So, and give you all these adverse reactions because it's poison, pure poison. Um, And always check with your doctor, you know, make sure. Vitamin C is okay, or whatever else I talk about, or you hear others talk about an AVR is okay, or you read things we write, or wherever, you know, you're listening or watching or reading from, you know, always check with your doctor and do the research because, hey, doctors are not God, they don't know everything, none of us do, nobody's perfect, and they only spend five minutes with patients usually or less, um, they're not going to be there to answer all your questions, and... You know, they're going to be anti-vitamin C usually. Um, most of them are because it would put them out of business, and they're not allowed to recommend it. And if they do, they're usually not going to tell you to take very much, you know. They'll probably say just take a little bit because, you know, it would heal so many people and animals, and they don't want that. So that's one of the vets. You know, they don't, they don't know about it. They're not taught about it either, the veterinarians that it could save so many animals, too. You know, their lives that have died needlessly, senselessly, and people the same. So there's that list if you want to check it out, a handy tryptophan foods list. You could type that into a search engine, too, and find them, I'm sure. Um, so he says here, no way FDA. Did you see, did you see? And these are older newsletters, so you know they're not going to have the very latest information. But he was doing this a long time ago, and it still has great info. So he says here, did you see? Happen to see this on recent network TV newscasts? The FDA has recommended that consumers not buy over-the-counter drugs containing PPA, also known as phenylpropanolamine because of dangerous side effects. And then he's got the the link here to a site that talks about it. He says here, 
Um, FDA.gov slash blah, 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 drug info page, uh, Public Citizen, I guess is the name of it, Ralph Nader's group back in the day, has said that several hundred serious injuries or fatalities have resulted from this drug, from PPA phenylpropanolamine. It is interesting that FDA has not removed PPA-containing medicines from the shelves, at least back then. I don't know if they have now. Yet, they did not hesitate to do so when the substance at issue was an amino acid food supplement, L-tryptophan. And unlike tryptophan, an essential food substance, the drug PPA is inherently dangerous. Double standards at FDA? Wow, imagine our surprise. The agency has a long history of such behavior. Pick up the phone and tell them how you feel and use their nickel. 188-INFO-FDA is what number you call. 188-463-6332. I guarantee you didn't get to do a bit of good. You should probably get on a list if you're not already, but probably you're all on the list anyway. So, um, Vitamin myth, okay, I'm going to go over some different ones and I'm just skipping around, but this one's number four. Vitamin myth number four. Vitamin C causes kidney stones. That is a total myth. A total lie. Um, it's basically propaganda because they want to scare you into not using vitamin C. So here's what he says. First of all, I have never seen any scientific evidence to back up that statement. I've had literally hundreds of students and health practitioners looking for years for any controlled study demonstrating vitamin C caused kidney stones. And so far, I have received nearly one submission. That's a jocular way of saying none. He says nearly one, so he meant really none. I bet, and he was jokingly saying it, but it was true. I bet if I show you a picture of a unicorn, you will easily recognize it. Everybody has heard about unicorns. You can describe one in detail. You could probably draw a unicorn. You can see one in your mind right now. Yet unicorns do not exist, unless they've, you know, spliced one together. I could see them doing that, you know, splicing some kind of animal and making a unicorn or something because, you know, they probably have done that. Uh, but here he goes, uh, they are imaginary without substance or proof, just like a vitamin C kidney stone. The vitamin C kidney stone myth is the best known non-fact in non-existence. Every medical doctor has heard of one, but not one of them has ever seen one. That is because they simply do not exist. In fact, he doesn't say this here, but from everything I've read, uh, vitamin C dissolves many different kinds of kidney stones. So, you know, hey, they, they tell you the opposite of the truth so that you won't use it, and they keep you and scare you away from using vitamin C that way. Okay, so he goes, don't let me grinch your holidays. Obviously, this was written during those times, which, you know, it's probably some kind of pagan holiday or something. But sugar is the number one cause of tooth decay. The level of sugar consumption at which most of the population will not get dental caries is 33 pounds, 15 kilograms per person per year. The average American eats over 120 pounds annually. And that was statistics way back from 1983. Aubrey Scheiman, Sugar and Dental Caries, also known as Dental Cavities, The Lancet, February 5th, 
1983, uh, and I guess it was issue 8319, pages 282 to 284. I'm sure that sugar consumption has risen greatly since then, and it's genetically modified sugar for the most part, unless you're buying cane sugar. Um, and I've read they, they started to genetically modify that too, so, you know, I'm sure it'll be here soon. But the beet sugar which is just labeled sugar usually in the ingredients list, that's most likely going to be genetically modified sugar, just for your info. And that's from um, genetically modified beets they're making that sugar from. So I would look for if you're going to consume sugar, which I don't think is a good thing, but, hey, it's in so many things. Or, hey, even worse, high fructose corn syrup than most things now, the processed foods anyway. Um... But it's just look for cane sugar in the ingredients list or say you're going to buy a bag of powdered sugar, also known as um, icing sugar some places or confectioner's sugar other places. Make sure if you're going to use it, which I don't recommend, get the one that says cane sugar, not just sh not just uh, confectioner's sugar, but confectioner's sugar, cane sugar, you know. Or maybe it, in where you live is called icing sugar. Make sure it says cane sugar, etc. Um, so there's that. Okay, mercury and another thing he mentions here. Dr. Andrew Saul, when to worry? Rose Stevens in Winnipeg, Manitoba writes: A medical doctor and department head from the Children's Health Sciences Center phoned our clinic today, concerned that his pediatric patient who was having surgery might have mercury toxicity from a homeopathic remedy we prescribed. And then it says in parentheses, Merck-Cor, M-E-R-C, second word is C-O-R. And then it says, I wrote him a letter explaining how homeopathy works, how in essence it is a vibrational medicine, and invited him to analyze our remedy for residual mercury. I thought he should be more concerned about the amount of mercury his patient was exposed to as a result of amalgam fillings, meaning the mercury amalgam fillings in people's teeth, including children's, that, you know, they've just called silver fillings, but really they're made out of mercury and other heavy metals and stuff like that. And the mercury in vaccinations. He should be more concerned with the amount of mercury his patient was exposed to in his amalgam fillings and vaccinations, like thimerosal in the vaccinations, which, you know, I've seen people that say they don't want mercury, you know, and they're going to get a vaccination or they're going to get um, something. And I think one was at an eye doctor, so I don't know if there's something in something they used to dilate eyes that could have mercury in it, but it's possible. I could be wrong, though. But I remember one lady went to some kind of op ophthalmologist or optometrist or something, and it seemed like they were going to dilate her eyes from what I remember. And she specifically said, is there mercury in this? And she even had them go check. She says, I'm allergic to mercury, you know. So, and that's a good thing to say to me because... Um, you know, if you're allergic to something, then they definitely should not legally be giving it to you because that can cause an allergic reaction that you could die from. They could get sued and all that stuff. But, um, you know, they're they're not held accountable if it's a vaccine because, you know, they're just not. They've they've made it law that these these 
drug companies anyway are not held accountable that make the max the vaccines. But they put aside money from us, well, from whoever, not me, but for those people that buy the vaccines or get the vaccines, you know, um, they put aside a bunch of that money to, you know, for those that do win some kind of lawsuit, um, and that's where the money comes from. It doesn't come from the drug companies, really, the corporations. But anyway, um, so this woman, she asked, is there any mercury in this? And so she even had them go check the label to be sure, but she didn't ask to see the label. That was her big mistake. She just trusted the doctor, and the doctor was wrong because the doctor was so ignorant. He didn't even know that the ingredient listed, which was thimerosal, was mercury. So he came back and told her, no, there's no mercury in this. And then he gave it to her, okay? So uh, I don't know that anything bad happened to her. I'm sure it did because if it had mercury in it, you know, it it's bad for us all. So that's a, that's a big-time poison. But I'm just saying I don't know that she had any kind of allergic reaction. It didn't say she did. But anyway, so she was allergic to mercury and received mercury because the idiotic doctor didn't even know, or who, whoever gave her that, didn't even know that there was mercury in it because it listed thimerosal because they're not going to say mercury. They want to trick everybody, you know, especially people that are not informed about how they trick you with these different names for things. They do it with you know, the artificial sweeteners, too. They name them all these different things. They do it with MSG, you know, like cytotoxin. Um, and it gives people Alzheimer's. It it causes Alzheimer's uh, syndrome. Um, the MSG does, monosodium glutamate. So they name it all these different things. There's a whole long list of things that MSG is also known as on the ingredient list. So... I would look those up, write them down, and take them to the stores with you. But, you know, it's better just to stay away from the processed foods. So anyway, um, I'll pick this up on the other side. We'll talk more about it. So don't go anywhere.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.